0: salutations everybody it is maddie here with episode 265 of the ham radio podcast
1: and i'm dustin with handsome phantom and colin's last stand
0: welcome dustin ladies and gentlemen no carrick this week he uh he he bailed the son of a bitch he's gone uh, we have no idea why, but he uh, he could not make it this week, so that's no problem. We will gladly cover for him again. We're going to collect our PlayStation paycheck uh, once more and absolutely slam Xbox for an entire episode. The whole episode. Yeah, the whole episode. Xbox, you're going down. We don't like you. Uh, if, for those who are wondering, by the way, because some of you just may like listen and move on, uh, the comments <laughs> were very strongly suggesting that, uh, not only did we <laughs> absolutely need Carrick's guidance, uh, but that we were very biased against Xbox. What's funny is Dustin and I wrapped up that episode and went, people are going to love this. That was a great episode. Like, yeah. you know, Usually the two man episodes, they don't go that long. We had a gotta- a full discussion we thought we were very fair certain takes that we thought would be controversial were not even ones that were mentioned at all so it's very interesting to see how the reception to last week's episode unfolded it seemed like most of you enjoyed it but there was a large chunk of you who thinks we hate xbox right and uh, I-, I will just direct you to an episode carrick and i did it was uh myself him talking about the playstation uh what was it the the, the spider-man puddle gate so just know we give equal bullshit on both sides here on this show. We we, we don't play favorites. We try not to, at least. That's but right. As long as PlayStation's paying us, you know.
1: That's the thing. I'm, I'm ready. I will switch to whichever console I think is best at the time. I did that. I was full 360 that generation. Oh, yeah, same. I've got oh, yeah. stacks and stacks of 360 games downstairs, and I have, mm-hmm. like, two PS3 games. Oh, and then I God. switched over, and I'm ready. I, had, like, I will switch balance. again, but... Right now with I've... no launch games, no first-party launch games for Xbox, which that that's, I guess, part of that pessimism that keeps getting mentioned. But, uh, hey.
0: Yeah, dude. I—I, uh, I, It's funny you say that. I was a 360 kid as well. I think a lot of people were. But towards the end of the generation, the margin was pretty much like 50-50 because PlayStation started to really come back with a lot of strong exclusives. And so by the end of the generation, that was when I started to develop like a trophy addiction. We talked about that a little bit last week. Mine really kicked up at the end of the PS3 and, and 360 generation, and so I was becoming like a predominant PlayStation gamer, literally just because of a platinum trophy. It, it's just because uh, Xbox yes. didn't offer like the the crown jewel at the end of your journey. They just went, all right, thousand gamer score, good job, bro. This was just like seeing the platinum trophy. It was like, all right. I got to play on PlayStation, so I'd get games from the 360 on the PS3 again. So right, we love both consoles here, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, if you're new. Welcome. We hope you're uh, nice and comfortable enjoying your stay. This is the Ham Radio Podcast. We run this every single Friday for early access over on Patreon. If you're interested, it's just a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. Pretty good offering there. Uh, You can get a variety of offerings on my Patreon. If you want to go ahead and sign up for $2, you'll get access to the supplemental patron only uh, podcast called Extra Slice of Ham, where we just talk about off the wall shit. Like uh, uh, this past week, what did we talk about? Um, I think we covered food again. Food's been a really hot topic of the Ham Radio podcast. We'll get to that later in this introduction here because the meatloaf wars have ensued and continue <laughs> to ensue. I've taken a loss personally in the meatloaf wars. Um, Like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. But anyway, we talk about random stuff in that podcast. It's a lot more laid back. Uh, Sometimes I review games that maybe I don't have time to do on the channel. Uh, So if you're interested in that right now, it's available for all patrons because I have this kind of like inherent policy that as this pandemic progresses and things are up, down, up, down, uh, people need as many distractions as possible. So right now, like your level of donation is pretty much equal, which funny enough has brought in people of all levels uh, for like when that stops. But right now, as it stands, like all videos are available to people. Uh, as I release them. Same thing with the patron only shows uh, that will eventually change. But for now, I just want to make sure everyone's uh, included. So uh, that's my Patreon. That's what's going on with this show. We cover hot topics every week and offer uh, shitty takes. With that, Dustin, what have you been up to? Uh, what do you want to promote? Anything you want to put out there? my
1: friend? Oh man, it's been so on a personal level. It's been a busy couple days. I actually just went very exciting. I got a new, it was used, but it's new to me. I got a new car uh Ooh. just a few days ago which is awesome but also sucks just cuz having a car payment not cool yeah but yeah. i'm happy cuz the cars i've had for my whole life have been like midlife cars like past 100,000 miles then they've always been a pain so i'm happy to have something that's pretty new you know it has like 12,000 miles it's a 2019 okay. Subaru Impreza so, we are on so- the- we-
0: we're on the same path my friend. I've been looking for a new car myself. I have also been the subject of driving uh cars that could potentially explode at any point in time as well. So yeah. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, so I'm 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 relieved cuz like the search for a car and buying a car sucks. Like I hate mm-hmm. I hate going to dealerships. I like you know, if you're a car salesman, there are good and there are bad ones, just like with anything else, but I just like it's like that uneasiness of never knowing if if you're gonna get ripped off or something like that. So, I got a good yeah. deal. Everything's good. Um, so yeah, I'm glad to have that wrapped up. I just got to sell my old car now because I was like, I just didn't want to get, a, do a trade in and get no money for it. So, mm-hmm. so that's good. See, my
0: car is my car is so old that I'm gonna do a trade in because I'm like this thing. I will get like pennies for it. Right. I just take. Someone take it. Right. Yeah. Because I I can't imagine anyone wants my car. I really can't. Like, even if it's like, you know, 16-year-old permit first
1: car, Mm -hmm. it's
0: like, no, you don't want this car. It's not
1: good. Right. Yeah. It was funny because the the last car that was my main car that I still have that I'm trying to sell is a 2009 Subaru. And when Mm -hmm. I bought it three or four years ago, I was like, wow, I have a car that's less than 10 years old. Cause I think I bought it in like 2017. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Um, and it's been, it was, it's been a huge pain, but anyway, so that's exciting. But as far as games and stuff, I have I actually just did two. Uh, I did like a preview and impressions video that are on yeah. handsome fan youtube.com slash handsome The impressions video was for mortal shell which has been seems like a pretty decent success for this company um I, the the name of the company is slipping in my mind but anyway
0: i actually don't know either to be honest with
1: you i'll look it up cold symmetry i believe wow. is what what the name of the company is
0: let me check for you
1: but anyway you i did a impressions just because i i wasn't going to be able to finish the game in time for embargo so I just wanted to get something out there to like you know let people know about you know what I thought about it and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, this is like a through and through Dark Souls game, which I know that's like the most tiring thing to hear, especially from people in the games media to be like, it's like Dark Souls. And, you know, they say that about literally everything, but yeah. this one we'll is do. literally <laughs> a lot like Dark Souls, like down to the the loading menus are are exact like almost mirror images of, of dark souls but that doesn't mean that it's a complete copy there are a bunch of new elements to the formula so the game is called mortal shell and that's because you play as this like weird ominous like white figure and you basically invade i, I don't know if it's supposed to be like dead bodies but you invade shells and so it removes a lot of the rpg elements from a dark souls games a dark souls game. So like basically certain shells, like the, the first shell you have is pretty average, average health, average stamina. Right. And then later you'll find a shell that has slightly lower health, but really high stamina. And then a third shell I found was like insanely high health, but really low stamina. So it's kind of interesting because you're not like committing to a type of build for a character Instead, you're able to just kind of swap around based on your situation, which is neat. Um, The thing that I don't like about this game that I think other people might not like either is that this game is really slow. So, like, your character, your, like, your attacks are slow. Like, you are committing fully every time you hit hit that attack button. (laughs) So there are different weapons you can find that will make it a little more fast paced. There's like a hammer and a blade that is as far as I could find was one of the quickest weapons in the game. Mm -hmm. But even then it's still like very methodical. It's not the type of style that I like to play when I'm playing a game like this. Like, Bloodborne is definitely my my favorite of the the Souls games and so I always am playing like a lot of dodging, a lot of atta- you know quickly attacking and then like dodging away. Yeah. This game really doesn't let you play like that. Which that's what like the the whole point of my impressions I lead off with saying like I don't really like this game, but that doesn't mean that you won't it all just depends on what kind of of player you are. So either way, it's a well-made game for sure. Like I think the the graphics are really beautiful and it's um, like I said, the other new elements, like there's like a, a hardened ability, which is basically like a block, but it will block. I'm pretty sure it blocks anything and you can do that like as you're attacking. So like you'll start an attack and you'll see an attack coming in and you can like harden and then you won't take any damage and then you'll attack. So it has a lot of new combat stuff. That's pretty interesting but yeah my impressions video is up I know that Carrick also did a full review so if you're really curious on more than a surface level because I know his reviews are like really in depth yeah so
0: he makes all use of that time he's got (laughs)
1: right yeah the other game that I'll talk about briefly is called BPM which stands for bullets per minute which I was a little surprised because the previews that I I didn't see a lot of like media coverage for these previews going out, which when the game was announced, I felt like there was a pretty decent splash. So BPM is a first person shooter game. That is also a rhythm game. Think like doom, like a lot of the way that the combat, like the way you're moving around felt like the new, like doom 2016 or doom eternal. But all the actions you do in the game have to be done to the beat. So, like, when you're firing, you'll be like, click, 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 ar- along to the soundtrack of the game. And even reloading, like, the basic pistol is a like a two-step reload, and you have to hit R on your keyboard, and you'll be like, click, click. So it makes for a really interesting gameplay experience, because you're used to, when you're playing a game like Doom, just, like, flying around like crazy, spamming bullets or whatever, and you're still doing that, but there is like a little bit of technicality, just because if you're spamming the the fire button, your guns just not going to work.
2: Right.
1: So it's it's a really it, when I and I explained this in the preview I did, it like broke my brain for the first hour I played it. I was like absolutely terrible. I was like, wow, this game is so hard. But then eventually, like my I like figured it out. It, it was it's a weird moment because like it was like a very sudden like, oh, my my brain like understood how to play the game. So yeah, it's it's really neat. It's a roguelike game, which is really as I said last week when talking about Rogue Legacy, it's really hit and miss for me. So certain times you'll you'll start a run and it'll be like uh it has like a very um it's the word I'm looking for, Norse mythology theme to it. So the yeah. first level is called Asgard. And so sometimes you'll start a run and it'll say Frozen Asgard. And that means it's like you're running around on ice. And mm. that's cool, but it's more just annoying than anything else. And I couldn't find, like... There's no benefit to having a harder modifier on your runs. So I was like, oh, I guess I should just let my character die and restart. There's As far as I could tell, there was no bonuses to that. But... Yeah, it's it's just an interesting mix of genres as far as like you know an FPS and a and a rhythm game. It's weird because I think there's another FPS rhythm game coming out called Oh yeah, it's called Metal Hells- Hellsinger. So we have two of these games coming out at a relatively close time together. I guess this Metal Hellsinger game is coming out in 2021, and BPM is coming out on PC in september so neat yeah it's a just a neat idea
0: yeah i watched your preview for the the bpm game that game looked fun i don't know if i'd go out of my way and play it but it looked like a a a pretty unique concept that i'm surprised i didn't see it anywhere at all i felt like that's something you'd see like plastered on twitter like you gotta check this out kind of thing Um, right
1: yeah i mean yeah i guess uh when I, i remember the announcement video like ign i think had some kind of thing to debut it and the video on youtube only has 159,000 views which i guess is is decent for a pretty small studio but yeah, yeah but i got to
0: think of like the branching like that's 159,000 people who may or may not like it and even those who like it may not go ahead and buy it like it's just it's tough
1: right so yeah i guess i'm i'm spreading the word because i felt like this game was fucking awesome like by the end like i my preview's done but i was still playing the two levels that they gave us access to earlier today, just cause I th- was like having so much fun with it. So cool. check it out. BPM uh, either, you know, you can check out my, my preview on handsome phantom or just even just watch the trailer. Um, it's a, a really neat game. So nice. Yeah. I think mortal
0: shout, cause you were talking about that a little bit. I think, I think that'll find an audience now because they're releasing it at a perfect time. Like, everyone wants Elden Ring so badly. Yeah. And no one has any idea what's happening with the game. When it's re-revealed it'll be a huge deal, but right now people will take really any new Souls experience and if this is even like moderately good, I think a lot of people are going to be all over it. So that's why I, they they announced after they had released it or during their release that they're committing to like a physical launch in I want to say October
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I think October 2nd. So I'm not too surprised by that. I'm I think that game's going to sell really well for its its budget and its size, because it's coming out at literally perfect time. If there was any type of Elden Ring news, I think it would be one of those. I'll just wait. So, right. Good news on both those games. I, um, for me. I just told my patron discord I was like hey guys I might be off the radar for about the next week I got a fuck ton of previews coming up I got like four and they're all pretty significant games the only one I can put out there and let people know I'm doing right now is mafia definitive edition so I put a tweet out for those who are listening I still have time to create my video by the time this goes live to the public on Sunday but on Wednesday I'm going to be releasing a you know like I usually do I played game X you know this is my really honest opinion And you're going to be seeing a lot of that uh, over the next, I'd say, week or so, a couple of weeks, because um, it's just that season. So that's where a lot of my game time is going to go. Uh, But when I'm not playing that, I am playing Trails of Cold Steel. I just finished uh, Chapter 3. I got a really well-written comment that uh, was very informative on our last episode about Trails of Cold Steel. And and so there's Trails of the Sky, I think it's called, which takes place before somewhere else in the Trails universe. And apparently, like, Cold Steel is, like, 6 through 9, technically, but it's its own series, so you can, like I am, just get right into it. Um, they said that the first two are kind of like... Um, the first two you can go into pretty blindly, but 3 and 4 are where you're going to start to see them do an Avengers kind of crossover, uh, which I expect... I'm not one of those people who's going to go and like play you know, Trails of the Sky personally because those games are hard to track. And I remember seeing, I think I saw one on the, I think they were PSP games. Um, and I saw one at like PAX for $50. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good, really. Um, or no, that was Valkyria Chronicles too. sorry. But anyway, point being is uh, I've been playing that, just finished Chapter 3. Um, it's starting to pick up. What I noticed with the game is that there's so many characters that it's better just to focus on that part, the party members you have. Everyone else it just feels kind of like thrown in there. Um, and maybe they get more important down the line, but as it stands now, I think the party members deserve the most focus. Uh, so it's, it's kind of one of the flaws of the game. The combat's excellent. I, I really appreciate what it does. Um, it, it's strange because like if you you get like one action per turn so you can like attack, use a spell, use a craft. Or move, And it's really interesting because you can move and that uses up your turn, but you can like swap out party members and that doesn't burn a turn. So let's say someone's low and you're like, all right, I'm going to swap them out. Doing that doesn't cost you a turn. You can like use whatever abilities that person had ready for that fight. And so I just, I found that extremely interesting uh, as a system. And I wonder how in future entries. Cause I really am going in totally blind to this series. So I don't know what two ends up doing and three ends up adding and, and four, I'm definitely not paying attention to cause I don't want to have shit spoiled for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, am very curious to see how it continues to develop because I really do like the combat system. Uh, like I said, stories picking up. It's very, for those who are curious, it's a JRPG. That's very much rooted in, um, building tension between nations and kind of like the politics that all sides are playing, to, to try to force a war to happen. Um, uh, and it's not in a very, uh, you know, like shut your brain off and pretend you didn't understand something kind of way. Like it's, it's, it's very well done so to speak. And so, uh, I've been really enjoying that. I've been playing it on my Vita. It's been nice to play something handheld. I, if I wasn't playing this, I probably would have bought spirit on the, uh, on the switch. They just, uh, they just revealed that it's out now uh during like the nindy world showcase and that game when it was revealed at the xbox e3 thing i was like holy shit this game looks amazing it's kind of like a base builder but it's very like tranquil and apparently you can like go to different parts of the world and like gather people and they all meet up at this one hub area and i just i I really liked how it looked uh something about it kind of spoke to me and so i would be playing that right now but with all the previews and stuff i have to pick wisely and i just need to stick with a game and so i'm about 35, 36 hours in the Trails of Cold Steel. My goal is to finish that before moving on to something else.
1: Nice. That yeah. Spiritfarer, uh, Spiritfarer game is kind of interesting because they did, that company, Thunder Lotus, did Sundered, which is like oh, one really? of the first games for Handsome Phantom that I did like a video preview for. Really? So Yeah, it's kind of weird no now that now we've been around long enough that we're seeing the follow-up games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a quick Don't while mention. we're talking about what we've been playing, I have a quick question for you, Matty. Have you played Hunt Showdown?
0: No, I saw your clip though. Actually, yeah. I watched my friend Kev do it play. It, the game actually looks really cool. Like the happens yeah. in the in the universe. I just kind of wish it wasn't PvP. Like if there was a PvE thing, I'd I'd probably be in on it more.
1: Yeah, it's um that's what I forgot to to mention. I don't want to talk about it super long because I'm such a baby. Like I've only played, I've played two solo rounds, which the game is really not designed to be played by yourself. Mm. Um, but I was just curious if you had had played it because it seems really cool. Um, but it's on sale right now, twenty bucks on Ooh. Steam. I I've been looking at it for like the last month and a half, and then it finally went on sale, and I was like, now's the time.
0: That's it. Yep, that's your time to pull the trigger. Yeah, it looks it looks great it's just, yeah. like i said it's it's cuz of the weaponry so and the universe looks so cool uh, that i keep thinking to myself man if they just did like a pbe thing or like a story thing or like a little adventure game i would i would be all in cuz it looks so neat but what is it like? it's not like a battle royale right like it's
1: it is and it isn't i mean so it's like i'm trying to understand the the way the main game works it's like there are multiple teams of hunters throughout mm-hmm. the map And you're trying to kill... I'm pretty sure I might be wrong. I know that there will be a comment that's fully explained how the game works. Is you're trying to kill the same creature. And you get like clues throughout the map. And so you may run into another team and have to fight each other. Or you can be fighting the the creature you're trying to hunt. And then you got to like escape afterwards. So it's like a, a PvP and PvE situation. And it's sort of battle royale esque because you're all on the same map, hmm. so it's uh it's really unique for sure. And it's not like other battle royales in that it's really I mean I guess PUBG is slow, but like your character moves really slow in this game.
0: Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah,
1: but it's cool because so much of it is about sound. Like if you're walking, like you'll see like birds fly in the distance, and it's like okay, so that's. If you see birds flying in the distance, that you know a character just walked through there. And then, like, there'll be, like, weird, like, dead horses that start, like, making weird sounds when you get close to them. So it's like, you gotta be really careful about how you're moving around the map if you don't, you know, if you wanna have the element of surprise. So interesting. Sounds cool.
0: It looks cool. Yeah, maybe I'll, 20 bucks, that's not too bad. I might actually look into that.
1: Hey, if you, we can learn together. Because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, somehow I won, though, my first solo match. I saw that. I got That's lucky. What... <laughs> I, I had to have gotten lucky. Because it just doesn't make sense. But I guess I There's got three kills. You like that? Yeah. But also, Maddie, since you're talking about JRPGs, I've been thinking that I've been... It's been a while since I've I think the last JRPG I played was Persona 5 Royal. Which was okay, such yeah, an experience. <laughs> it's due, yeah. It's been a few months... I was thinking, um, someone left a comment on some, like when I call in Facebook groups talking about uh, Zero Escape. I was like, that's oh, the yeah. type of game that I want to play right now. Something that is just like so intriguing mm-hmm. that you just like can't put it down. But yeah. I, I I don't know where to go for something like that. I feel like between Zero Escape, Danganronpa, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I've played the really good ones, but
2: you, you, I don't know. So you-
0: you have, have you played zero escape or are you saying you're looking into zero escape?
1: No, I, well, I didn't, I think we briefly touched on this last week. I, I didn't finish the third one just cause I thought it was not right. good. Yeah.
0: But you finished so, the second one.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I might just play that again. It was that's, so good. That's
0: the one that matters. All right. Now what I'm going to suggest to you then I haven't played it yet, but it's sitting on my shelf and I'm, I'm probably going to wait till like my little holiday break to actually play it. Cause I just want to like focus entirely on it without an interruption. Um, is a game called i the somnium files it's yeah. by the guy who wrote zeroscape it reviewed really well it plays a lot better it's a lot more of like a investigative kind of game and uh my friend played it he really liked it i watched him like through the ps4 share play thing and party and uh it you know it intrigued me enough to, to to pull the trigger on it i i really am excited to play that one it's like one of those games i'm so excited to play that i kind of find reasons to put it off i'm weird like that like yeah. i put it off because i'm like i don't want to like ruin the the curiosity of it all uh so if you're looking for something like that i would say start start there for sure
1: yeah there's a what's funny is there's a demo for that that i checked out and i don't know if i just wasn't i started playing it at a bad time the demo and i was like eh, i don't really want to play this but i'm still intrigued overall So I
0: wouldn't say that's a game you demo because it's right all about its story. And by the time it gets started, it's over kind of right. Mm -hmm. You you need, I think it's like a 30 hour game or something like that. It might be a little shorter than that. I might be wrong. Um, But yeah, like it's one of those games that builds and builds and builds. So you just got to give yourself that time to, and I don't think a demo does a good service to
1: that. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: The other thing is uh, Meatloaf. We wanted to wrap up our introduction section with Meatloaf. So, uh, you know, the the audience has really been sounding off in the comments, patron comments, Discord. Uh, I received a message uh, from someone saying. A threat. Saying, I don't (laughs) know if I want to say this because I don't want Dustin to ban me or verbally abuse me. Oh. Meatloaf was made for the first time in forever two days ago. So, there is some ongoing underground work in the meatloaf community, seemingly. Mm. With that in mind, uh, Carlton Parker wrote in on our Patreon saying, We don't really have meatloaf over here in the UK. At least I don't. But when I had it once on a trip to America, I really liked it. Great with barbecue sauce at the smokehouse. Now, I thought this was kind of funny, right? Like, meatloaf is the last thing you order at a restaurant, in my opinion, right? Like, right. even if you're traveling the world, I don't think meatloaf's on my list ever. I like meatloaf.
1: So, okay, I I don't have the the Discord chat up, but somebody asked me. They were like, "Well, Dustin, don't you like hamburgers? Hamburgers and meatloaf are like the same thing." And here's mm. the thing I'm is that disagree. I just don't think you should be adding like anything to the meat of your hamburger. If you're adding breadcrumbs and all kinds of shit, you're doing it wrong. Like right. a burger should just be like ground beef, salt, pepper, and then every then you add flavor around it. You know what I mean? You get the you barbecue sauce. You can it. put cheese. You can put lettuce, tomato, whatever you want to do. But keep okay. the beef sacred. If you're making your hamburgers like meatloaf, <laughs> excuse me, what is going on? I know people do do that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that I, I fundamentally think that it's it's wrong. So,
0: yeah. Thomas Rice also wrote in and said, fuck meatloaf, hashtag free the meat. So uh, with that <laughs> that very sentence in mind, um, I just wanted to let everyone know that I took a bit of a meatloaf loss in my house. My mom made it last week, and I've been consuming a lot of meatloaf as of lately. I talked about how I told Dustin a week or so ago that I was having meatloaf for, for dinner, and usually I return for leftovers. I did once, twice, and then the meatloaf is just sat there in the fridge now. No one in the house has touched it for a while it is going to get thrown away, I believe, which is most unfortunate. Sadly, uh, there's been a meatloaf loss across the, uh, the landscape here, across the battlefield. So I'm going <laughs> to need my meatloaf lovers to rise up this week and see if we can do something about this. I would really appreciate that, uh, just because I'm really hurting here. Uh, with that, let's move on into the news, Dustin. Fair enough. All right. So our first one is probably the most exciting one, in our opinion. It's about Demon Souls, which uh, may be getting slated for a release this year or sometime in the ps5 launch window now this information comes from VideoGameChronicle.com. the blue point developed remake was rated in south korea last week as reported by gamatsu other first party playstation titles have typically released between two and three months after being raided which would put this sometime in november PS5 title Spider-Man Miles Morales was also recently raided in South Korea and officially scheduled to release alongside the next gen console at the end of the year. PlayStation has said that a Demon Souls remake will invite players to experience the brutal challenge completely rebuilt from the ground up and masterfully enhanced with a new fractured mode. I have not heard about that. We're gonna have to look into that. The updated version of the 2009 PlayStation 3 title, which was the precursor to the Dark Souls games, will allow players to choose between two graphics modes, one focused on fidelity, the other focused on frame rate. This week's PlayStation Marketing's boss um, called the PlayStation 5's upcoming games roster the best lineup that we've ever seen in the history of PlayStation. Eric Lampel made the bold comments in an interview with industry, uh, GamesIndustry.biz in which he suggested there were still launch window games to be revealed. So far, PlayStation has confirmed Spider-Man Miles Morales and Astro's Playroom for the PS5's launch, as well as third-party titles such as Bugsnax and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Beyond that, it's, the, uh, it's revealed new installments of Gran Turismo, Ratchet & Clank, a remake of Demon Souls, as we're talking about now, and a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. The content that will be in the launch window and beyond is incredibly exciting," Lempel told uh, GamesIndustry.biz. "I would say that this is the best lineup that we've ever seen in the history between uh, in the history of PlayStation between our worldwide studios groups and our partners from all different publishers around the world." We've revealed some of that content, and naturally, there will be more to come. But the way that developers can engage with this platform and create these new experiences with known IP as well as unknown IP is incredibly exciting. Dustin, are we getting Demon Souls?
1: Yes. A hundred percent.
0: hundred percent.
1: Real quick. One one thought that I had was when that uh, you said uh, whatever PlayStation executive that was like, this is the best lineup we've ever had. Mm-hmm. All right. You, they have to say that every time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, I mean, when I hear that phrase I'm like, all right, I'll I will believe it when I see the lineup. Yeah, fuck off. You know what I mean much. like yeah. especially right now I'm I'm pessimistic about the launch lineup of games for both consoles um mm. just because specifically because of, you know, the different world events and stuff going on and people not being able to work in the studio and working from home, so I I think across the board we're gonna have pretty light launch lineup games. So I agree. He may be thinking of the you know the long term. I don't know. Was that was that statement that you read? Was that he referring to launch lineup or just currently like our I mean, he, our library upcoming library?
0: Let me revise it real quick. His words were right down here. Uh, The content that will be in the launch window and beyond is incredibly exciting. In the and I beyond. would say this of is course. the best lineup that we've seen in the history of PlayStation between our worldwide studios and our partners from all different publishers and the world. So, yeah, the and beyond is a very stretched part that people have just said, you know, they've said the first part of a sentence. I've seen it in video headlines and stuff, titles on videos, that type of stuff that he's saying, you know this launch window or i'm sorry this is the best lineup we've ever seen in the history of playstation but they're not mentioning the launch window and beyond but i i think given the rating in south korea and that just happened for miles morales which we do know is coming Mm -hmm. that you could probably say to safely expect a demon souls remake if all i'm saying man all I'm saying man is if they fucking put Miles Morales and Demon Souls day 1 I am going to fucking shit a break. Like yeah. that is going to be that is going to be fucking insane. I would be off the walls. That would be in recent memory. Like I, I'm trying to think back on launch games. I can't think of obviously the, the we'll see how good the games are, but on paper I can't think of like a really impressive launch lineup quite like that, right? Like I really I can't. I I mean, I I liked um of course, Breath of the Wild with the Switch, that was a really excellent launch title. It was the only launch title, but it was still really good. You could have, like, 1-2 Switch and all that shit, but who the fuck's playing that? Um, you know, there were some really good ones, but I don't know if anything comes to your mind, but, like, this would be, like, okay, I'm going to put a pre-order in. Oh, yeah. Because I'm about the software. I'm about the software, right? So, right. for me, that's that would be enough to get me in. I don't know about just Spider-Man as, like, a diehard Spider-Man, but those two combined,
1: whew, oh my god. <laughs> It's interesting because I I play, I played Demon Souls was the first Souls game that I had played, which makes sense it is the first, you know, line in the line of the From Software Souls like games or whatever. That is the first one. And it did not click with me at all at the time. Oh, like the same, yeah. I played the first few levels or whatever, the first few areas and I was like I hate this. And it wasn't until much later that it's like I understood, you know, like I had adapted and realized what type of game it was, especially in that time. I mean, when I think in I think I may have been in like 11th or 12th grade when yeah, when that we came were, out. We were
0: younger. Yeah. After
1: high school. So it's exciting for me personally, because now that I'm like, you know, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 2, I love, love those games. And I I need to go back and play Dark Souls 1 because I know that a lot of people think that Dark Souls 1 is like the absolute best um Mm,
0: really see that's gonna be interesting to get your take because that is very like I've gone back recently to get gameplay for like an Elden Ring video and I thought to myself man this game's fucking slow now like yeah it's, it's still fun from an RPG standpoint I still love it it's still one of my favorites but it definitely has been it's it's dated a little bit so if you ever do play it I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on that
1: right yeah so and here's I'm really I think what's also exciting about this game is that I'm just curious to see how bluepoint modernizes demon souls like here's okay here's a question will bluepoint put in a difficulty setting on this game or some type of easy or easier mode hmm.
0: that's a really good question because it's not from right like, yeah this is
1: from yeah, software would never hard. do it i'm convinced that yeah. they will never put any kind of difficulty mode and obviously i'm regardless of the whole debate on whether or not you should or shouldn't, you know, some people are demanding these types of modes, whereas other people are saying, you know, leave it up to the creator's intent, which that's kind of where I align with. It's like, I'm all for accessibility, but I'm all for creative decisions as far as how you want to make your game.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It's an interesting tightrope to, to walk, but I'm just curious. It's like, since they're going back, And it's, you know, it's not from making it. Maybe they're going to say, hey, we can expand the uh, potential commercial success by making this game more approachable.
0: Yeah, it's I know a lot of people aren't going to like us talking about this, but I I just think like it's definitely worth visiting. I never even considered that. See, my first knee jerk response is like probably because the way I look at it is. The Souls genre is known to, like, crunch your nuts. Like, it's designed to beat the crap out of you. I don't know about you. Like, I know it's popular now. It's really popular. People love those types of games. But I don't know if that's, like, something someone's going to go out of their way to buy a system for or or would help help them get on the system. I know Spider-Man definitely would. Um, And so something like a difficulty slider or something that adjusts it would help. With that said, though, if you're doing that, you've got to change how, like, the AI behaves, how aggressive they are, damage input-output. Like, there's just so much that... And it's a remake, so they really would have, I'd say, that hands-on where they could do something like that. But I feel like that would change a lot. Like, what happens in... How does this area scale at this difficulty and at this difficulty and at this difficulty? You do that for the whole game. That's a lot of QA. That's a lot of work. I, I... I could totally see it. I feel like it makes sense because if it is a launch game, launch game, right? Because my second point is if it's a launch window, no. If it's a launch game, though, I feel like they're probably thinking it's in their best interest to, to try to make it accessible. And I, I'll be honest because I'm with you. I don't think FromSoft will ever do it. I would like to see what happens if one of these games had a difficulty slider. What would happen, right? Like, obviously, more people will come in and play it. It would be great for accessibility. And I'm 100% for that. Uh, but i'd be curious to see how the game plays right and like how respective communities respond to that right um because there is always with any remake right there is a degree of you want to keep pardon the pun the soul of the game right and the soul of demon souls was like this is the start of something that was really difficult so you know I think there's, I get both sides. I I would personally say I'm going to expect a difficulty slider and I'm not going to, you know, I want to make it clear to people. Like I'm not going to lose my mind either way. Like I, I think that it'd be great if they included it, but part of me also can expect them to do either thing. Like if they didn't do it, I'd be like, okay, I know exactly why they are. If they did say, Hey, we're going to add a a difficulty slider. That would also make equal amounts of sense to me. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean this, this whole discussion or this debate is so, weird to me because i feel like there's a lot of weird like entitled arguments on both sides like people that are like from software or game companies need to include difficulty modes and i'm like no they don't they can do whatever they want if you don't like it don't buy it play something else you know what i mean and then on the other side like let's say if they do put in a difficulty slider there will be people that'll be like no like you know they're they're ruining the integrity of the game and i'm like if there's an original if you can play it As if there's like a original mode or like classic mode that Mm -hmm. that has that is, you know, it's remade, but it's it's faithful to the original. Then there's that mode as well. Like it doesn't hurt you the fact that there's these other options as well. So I don't know. Maybe I'm playing too much devil's advocate with myself here, but I don't know. It's just such a weird and it's weird how people are like really antagonistic about this whole discussion. And I don't know. It's it's always Mm -hmm. been a little weird to me.
0: Yeah, I personally for me, I think it'd be great to see a company outside of From Software try it and see what happens. Because I think if the way I look at it is I feel like FromSoft would have to sign off on it because they would have to know, hey, if let's say Demon Souls comes out, the remake, and they do have the difficulty modes. I think you're right on the money, like because they said fractured mode, which I looked it up. That's by the way, that's their term for like choosing between the frame rate or the graphical fidelity. Which, oh, okay okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't know why they give it that. But, uh, you know, when you said original mode, I think you could be onto something. Um, and I, I just think I would like to see what they do with that because if say they do do it, then from South has to know that it like they're, they're going to be expected to do it. And clearly they don't want to right? like they, they absolutely don't want to. I, I don't even think they put out a public statement when everything was blowing up about the accessibility option or the lack thereof sorry of accessibility options in Sekiro like people who wanted to play it and that's why like I'm for the idea of adding these types of accessibility options because I'm sure it's like really frustrating that you were you would be like physically incapable of playing a game and when you look at something like The Last of Us Part 2 which uh, had a ton a ton of accessibility options like that's great to see right because you know anyone could probably experience that game. And you see Microsoft moving it forward with like their adaptive controller and stuff. So part of me feels like um, it's almost like you're dying on a sword to not do it. But I also understand the, I put this in quotes, integrity of the creative vision, end quote. Like you want to make what you want to make. You want it to be one designed experience. So I get both sides. But if any time we're going to see it happen... With the difficulty slider, I think now's the time. I don't think suddenly Elden Ring's going to come out and they're like, hey, this is our most ambitious game and we've added a difficulty slider. Like, I don't I don't see that happening personally. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, and I wouldn't mind being wrong. But personally, um, I'll be curious to see how this is handled because you, you bring up a really good question there. I, it is very well possible if it's a launch game that, that it has that.
1: Now, Maddie, while we're on the subject, I have to ask, do you think... You just did a video about this. I meant to watch it. I didn't get to watch it yet. Do you think we're going to see Elden Ring at Gamescom, or mm-hmm. I guess Tokyo Game Show? They're doing an online thing, right? Or is that they are? They are. Is that coming up pretty soon?
0: Uh, I actually that has, See, that's a thing that I haven't seen that popping up a lot at all. So I often forget about it. But I I know for a fact it's not happening at Gamescom. A lot of insiders have been like, it's it's not there.
1: So at, what's going in- on with this game?
0: I I think what my guess, and this is purely a guess from what I've heard, what I've read, all that stuff, is that this game was being made, and then um, next gen consoles started to come out, or, or I'm sorry, started to circulate, and they probably realized that their vision was a lot more realistic on that hardware. And I think what happened was this game was went from uh, pretty much like a, a cross gen game to next gen only, because mm-hmm. from what was said by From Software on its ambition. It's much more open. Like, it's pretty much going to be open world. It's going to be horseback riding, all that shit. Like, that in its own right, when you think of the scale already of a FromSoft game, and now you have to account for that type of mobility. If you have a horse, think of games with horses, right? Like, Red Dead, Ghost of Tsushima. These are big worlds. Um, We've never seen FromSoft take on something like an open world, so I think that would be a really, really, really good idea for them because that's, like, the next logical step. They've done, like, semi-open with... Dark Souls 1 and 2, where it's kind of like Metroidvania-esque connected. You see an action-adventure in the name of Sekiro. Like, I think Open World makes sense. So what happened more than likely is that they their vision got so broad, I think they just moved on to stronger hardware where this game could maybe run better or look better. Something along those lines. That's just my guess.
1: I remember uh, at the last E3, so a year ago... Um... Feels
0: like forever ago.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Have you ever been to like done an appointment at a at the bandai namco booth yeah it's so funny
0: for jump force oh man was that oh dude
1: yeah what's funny is and i i don't i think this is fine to share they they invite you to this like behind closed doors thing and the first time i did i was like this is exciting if it's behind closed doors you know there's a presentation that's like half hour maybe they're going to show us some awesome stuff and I remember last, last year, I had already done one, so I knew I was not optimistic, but I was like, maybe they'll show press Elden Ring, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, they sit you down in the Stark Room and show you all the trailers that they already released that you saw in a, in That's a thing. That's so funny you mentioned that, yeah. Did you, did you have to do that?
0: I did. I, it's not I had to do that. I thought that it was going to be something exclusive because it was like an invitation to like a, a showcase kind right. of thing. And I thought it was going to be press-only thing, and... I remember my friend looking at me like, dude, we already saw all this shit. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, and it takes like half hour. Yeah. Yeah, right. And you just – I saw people getting up and walking out. I was like, all right, I'm not like that fucking pressed for time here.
1: (laughs) Though, to Bandai Namco's credit, last year, I love their setup that – so you have to – they do the presentation, which obviously I'm being critical of. But then they just are like, okay, go in this open area, and you can play whatever you want. You can hook up your capture – and we're not going to hold your hand or hover over you the entire time. I can't stand yeah, very, hovering. But very So, hands-off. I love that setup. That's awesome. But anyway, we're totally off topic now. Let's Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, but to your point, they are hands off. Like I remember yeah. I walked up, I showed them my badge, I said I have an appointment. They literally just opened the gate and said, "All right, like pick a station, play whatever you want. Enjoy." And, and that was it. Like just in, out. Played yeah. I think Jump Force, played code Vein and played my hero once justice was this was two, two
1: years ago or last year Two years ago two dude years that ago. code Vein demo was bad two years ago yeah, that game i was it, surprised the game
0: even came out because that was like on and off development it seemed like, like it was just people really
1: like that though for the most yeah, part i mean i, I want to play it it was kind of middling I, if i recall the reviews were kind of middling but um the people that played it i saw it really liked it so
0: yeah i think it's got a charm to it um it kind of reminds me namco also published this game it was uh god eater and uh, oh yeah combat kind of looked like that except it was more souls like experience it looks like a solid game my friends really liked it i th- I, had, I think three of them played it and they all each enjoyed it it wasn't like raving mm-hmm. but they they liked it so it's one i'd like to hopefully get around to um back to demon souls though with its rating and the mentioning of like two to three months in a gap between the rating and release do you think this means we're seeing ps5 at uh at november
1: i think that sounds likely i'm not super familiar with how the the korean rating board because i know that this is they're like a consistent source of of leaks and people are monitoring them (laughs) so the question i guess i have is that there are any games that have been rated and then they don't come out like three months Later. It's hard
0: to think because, like, I think of Mafia. That's a game I covered earlier this year, and there was rating boards. And then uh, I think a week later, it was announced. And, right. Uh, within, let's see here. Technically, because this was in May, I want to say. And so technically, yeah, you you know what? Mafia Definitive Edition was supposed to come out in August. It got delayed until September. But it was supposed to come out in August, and this leak happened around May, I want to say, May or, or June. And so that's about your two to three month gap right there. So that's one instance I can think of that supports it. That goes against it. I'm sure there are some. There's um there was a leak for Prince of Persia. I want to oh, say. Yeah. I don't know if that was a ratings board leak. I don't think it was that, but there was a there were some leaks recently that I don't think they were ratings boards, actually, now that I think about it a little bit more. But I can't personally. I'm sure the audience can help out. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that says, like, oh, yeah, there was a ratings board leak and the game didn't show up. Um, Right. Trademarking is different. Like, maybe people could think of times a game or a series name or some type of collection was trademarked. That usually is, like, further out because it's, like, protective property work. Uh when it comes to ratings there's no missing on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel I mean. like I feel like it makes sense. I think I think it would be a great launch title and between, you know, you have that and Spider-Man. You don't want to you know blow everything you have ready at la- you know directly at the launch. I feel like I have a good feeling that uh Ratchet and Clank I don't I'm guessing it's not going to be a launch game but I'm if I had to guess, that game is pretty far along because we, we've known that a Ratchet & Clank game has been in development for a while now, so you have to imagine it's far along. But I feel like that might be a better one to wait until after launch, just kind of like to save so you can dole things out. And that's the other thing. The the, the curious thing, too, is that if other games are potentially going to be delayed, like I'm, I feel like it seems like Horizon will be later in 2021 eventually because i think they said the the plan right now is to do early 2021 right
0: really see that's where i thought ratchet would fall i thought ratchet would fall in like you'd probably see it by march i feel like that would be their early 2021 exclusive
1: yeah that's see that makes sense to me is that to put ratchet in early 2021 and then have um i don't know maybe maybe it'd be a good like summer like Ghost ghost of tsushima type game for uh Horizon. But that's the thing is that it's so weird now because games sell at any time of the year. Obviously you want to put your your pieces in the right spots for a launch of a console, but it's like
0: Dude, this used to be the dead time of year. And the last two years like it's been well actually last year it was channel wise for me. Like games to play wise, no, but channel wise like it was dead, but um yeah this year especially this summer's been busy and, and and we've seen i think i said this like sometime in the later part of last year i was like you're going to start to see because you're starting to see games stack up in the beginning of the year and the end of the year i said you're going to start to see them just kind of like all brush out and it's just going to be releases all year long so you know be smart with your money ladies and gentlemen of course is is what i'm getting at with that but uh yeah, PS5 looking sharp here. If we're going to get Demon Souls remake alongside Spider-Man, you got me on board. Plus Bug Snacks looks actually solid. I was sold on the last state of play for that game, so I'm I'm interested in those 3 if all of them come out in the launch window, that makes my purchase a lot easier.
1: Yeah, With I that, oh, I, I was just going to say I'm I mean, it's one of those that people talk about if you should pick up a, a console at launch, you know, whether it's a good investment or not. I'm going to say it's probably not almost ever technically but it's like <laughs> yeah i don't know if, if you want it, it and if you can afford it and and you're not you know harming your own livelihood or, or the people that's that you support then go, for, go it. for it there you go
0: i agree i'll be picking it up yeah i think i will be too all right next game that got revealed this week is call of duty black ops cold war now i am a for those who don't know little red alert here black ops one is my favorite so this was like sound the fucking alarms i'm actually really excited for a call of duty game uh so there have been a a number of leaks about this game the title shouldn't come as a surprise to many who have at least kind of peered into the news uh we got an article here from Gamespot. it's kind of like in everything we know so far so i'm just gonna peer through it a little bit and um touch on some of the major happenings within this game so number one it was kind of teased in Warzone, uh, which is the big battle royale call of duty game in one of the enormous maps buildings you'll find an rcxd vehicle which is featured in obviously the series multiplayer mode the bunkers in the map also contain uh, also became available to open recently and they contain materials and devices including a nuclear warhead that fits into the cold war settings players also, made use of these codes available on the teaser site to find clues in the Warzone map. Activision has been vague about how it will be announced, uh, how it will announce Black Ops Cold War, but it hinted that it could happen within Warzone itself. Obviously, now we know it's a trailer, so part of this article is dated, but still, there were teases already within Warzone. We do know that the next Call of Duty is from Treyarch and Raven Software. That was confirmed via Twitter. It's still apparently coming this year despite the ongoing pandemic uh delaying several games as we are aware of we're going to be covering one today uh, call of duty 2020 has not been impacted speaking to investors this was back in may really in the heat of things activision blizzard president and coo daniel Allegre said that the game is still on track to release this year and employees have adjust- adjusted to a work from home structure uh, we got a teaser art as well which i highly 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 recommend people check out it's actually fucking sick I really like it a lot. Um, It shows, let's see here. How is this? How do they describe it? The artwork shows gruff-looking soldiers on both sides of the conflict, American and Soviet, overlaid with various pieces of printed propaganda. If this is the box art, by the way, it's fresh. Uh, This is similar in tone to the teaser video released earlier this week, which featured real-life KGB defector Yuri Bezmenov uh, talking about active measures used to destabilize government. Uh, It looks like the full reveal is coming August 26th. 2020 we don't have much else outside of that so dustin what do you uh what do you make of
1: a new call of duty game this year are you excited at all for this? i think we got to look at the facts so far around this facts. game because based on those facts i feel like there's a little bit of a reason to be concerned not that we can say like this game's going to be bad but there has been an interesting development around this game. Mm-hmm. So, if you remember, Call of Duty used to be... Uh, they had they had switched over from a two-team cycle with Treyarch and Infinity Ward. They switched over to the three-team, with Sledgehammer being the third team. Sledgehammer made uh, Advanced Warfare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Advanced Warfare and World War II. Uh, which... World War II seemed to be both of those are kind of more on the mixed side of Call of Duty releases, as far as I can tell. So something happened with Sledgehammer that they it this was supposed to be their year. And it, it didn't pan out. I'm trying to remember uh what the news was. Apparently, I don't know if it was it was canceled, maybe. Do you remember something like that, Maddie, at all? Like, I know that there were they were working on a game that is no longer happening
0: yeah i'm pretty sure what happened was this call duty was supposed to be was it sledgehammer and raven okay i think sledgehammer got flicked off the project because they were not getting the job done treyarch stepped in so and has handled it since i'll double check that info
1: yeah uh, go on so treyarch you know was asked to come in and they're still they had just not just done but they Recently did Call of Duty uh, Black, Ops, Black 4, Ops 4, which was already, ai don't want to say a lesser experience, but you didn't get a campaign out of that. Of course, they added in uh, their uh, Battle Royale mode, which I've already forgotten the name of. It's not Warzone. It's uh, Blackout, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Blackout.
0: Sorry, I was reading.
1: So, the fact that they were brought onto this project a lot later and it is going to be a launch game. Assumingly, it's going to be a launch game for next gen, Mm -hmm. which if we think about the last time, the the launch Call of Duty game for a gen was Call of Duty Ghosts, which didn't really work out so well either.
0: Uh, I fucking ate that game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So there's just a lot of things that are kind of interesting about this game. I think the biggest concern is the fact that Treyarch was brought on much later than what they had gotten used to with the with the three-year development cycle of a call of duty game does that all did that was that cohesive enough absolutely
0: yeah i'm sorry the reason i wasn't reassuring you oh no you're good and like i usually do during (laughs) when (laughs) i need reassurance (laughs) maddie (laughs) i do it to you and character i'm like "Mm -hmm, yep Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." because i feel like when people do that to me i'm like yeah let's go on rolling now right um but anyway uh i'm reading this article from gamezone.com just to reaffirm what was said. Uh, They say, after Call of Duty World War II, Sledgehammer went to work on Call of Duty 2020 with Raven Software. Raven had been assisting on Call of Duty games for years in a support role by doing a variety of things like making maps and making sure the team in charge are able to ship a competent game on time. Raven had been promoted to a leadership role alongside Sledgehammer, creating a dual partnership for Call of Duty 2020, which was set to be during the Cold War and or Vietnam. After a messy development that involved butting heads between Sledgehammer and Raven, Activision pulled the Two off of lead roles for 2020 and have moved up Treyarch's Call of Duty a year ahead of schedule. The 2020 Call of Duty will now be Black Ops game, but Sledgehammer slash Raven's work will be transformed into a Cold War single player campaign for, you know, at the time of this article, the yet untitled Black Ops game. Fans will be delighted to hear that there's still a focus for single player Call of Duty stories, giving Black Ops 4's seemed to indicate a shift towards multiplayer going forward. Of course, this will put pressure on Treyarch even though they don't need to deliver a campaign themselves. What I think is most unfortunate about this is when I look at the games that Sledgehammer's made and people, everyone's got their own. I always say this. Everyone's got their own taste of COD. Every Call of Duty has like the subtle changes that really fit them best. For me, it's always been Treyarch, but Raven software is like the, one of the, probably the most talented uh, branches of studios uh, uh, uh talented studios underneath that umbrella rather. And, they're like in a support role. Like, I don't know if people realize this, but they made a game called Singularity back in 2010 or 11. And that game is like awesome. It's it's a fucking good game. It is a really good single player first person shooter that has like a, a, cho- a couple of choices in the in the middle of the story uh, that have like diverging paths. Like, it's a legitimately really good game. And I'm like, they're making this good thing, and you're putting them in a fucking support role? I guess, like, support sounds more demeaning because the way it was described in the article was, you know, making maps and stuff. That is integral to the the quality of a Call of Duty game. But, I mean, my God, man, that's what bothers me more than anything is they were finally in, like, a leadership role. And they butt heads, and they get backed down to support role now, uh, which... Terminology is strange. I don't know if working on a campaign is necessarily like your support, <laughs> right? Doing a huge chunk of the game, uh but Treyarch handle in the multiplayer, man, to me, music to my ears. I f- I fucking love the sounds of that. They their Call of Duty controls so well to me. Uh, for those who don't know, I always thought that Infinity Ward had a very weighty feeling to their cods, especially Modern Warfare. I I know this game was, like, the change people were looking for. I was like, God, bring me back. I was like, this is not – it does not feel good to play. It feels good in Warzone, you know, because it's a little more deliberate. But in the quick, like, bang-bang action and the maps in Modern Warfare, don't get me started. Point being is I'm not a fan of Infinity Ward Cods. Sledgehammer, they sit in the middle for me. Like, World War II is solid to an extent. Um, I just kind of like the weaponry from World War II more than anything. So, Treyarch, they, they got this in the bag. I have confidence. I'll be – I'll be the one who's foolish here.
1: Yeah, it's so I'm glad you read that because that it makes it not seem quite as bad, the fact that they're not restarting from what it sounds like. It sounds like they're coming in and they're just kind of taking over. Now, something that Colin said on Sacred Symbols, which I thought was really interesting that he pointed out, was at the end of this trailer for Black Ops Cold War, Raven's logo actually appears at the end, which even though that they've worked Mm -hmm. on previous call of duty games in a support role studio, I don't think that they were given like kind of upfront credit like that, if Mm -hmm. I recall correctly. So
0: definitely not on like the box art. I'm pretty sure it was always like the main studio,
1: right? So Colin brought up the idea that maybe Raven is being groomed to be the third call of duty studio. After this, since they're kind of, you know, since, you know, the, if the if the project was Sledgehammer and Raven, Sledgehammer got booted off. So clearly the uh, executives at Activision saw their side more than, mm. sle- than Sledgehammer's, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how how this game turns out since, you know, just any game, not that if, if a game has a troubled development, it's always bad. But it is an indicator that it may be bad. I guess cause for concern. Yeah. It's cause for concern. So I'll be curious. I think you're right, though, Maddie. That I I personally do th- prefer the Treyarch Call of Duty games. Even though I did really like this most recent uh, Modern Warfare game, mm-hmm. but like Black Ops two and three are like my absolute favorite. Called probably Black Ops two. That's the one I put the most amount of time into. It's crazy. back you on a
0: year of high school holy
1: dude shit. xbox live I was playing that like every day so
0: isn't it uh, crazy like if we were both grinding the game we'd probably cross paths at a multiplayer level you have before. to
1: think you'd right. have to imagine dude for sure so especially
0: because we're on like the same region like we mm-hmm. probably ma- we probably had to if that's wild that's had to have, true.
1: yeah so <clears throat> i'm excited i i wasn't as much of a fan of uh black ops 4. Because they kind of did, like, I don't want to say hero shooter approach, but they had, like, the different, um, was it operators? I see, right? I like
0: that. I'm not really? going to I, okay. I actually did like that, yeah. I mean, granted, I played, I played like, 150 hours of Black Ops 4, and, like, a lot of that was just competitive play, like, game battles, matches. And I, I liked kind of that watch out for this operator sort of thing or whatever they're called. I thought it it, it played a, a kind of good factor into the game where it wasn't just the gunfights. Like someone could have ability, right? You could see that on their scoreboard. That's just me though. I understand like there's a whole different skew when it comes to pubs, which I really don't play. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I really liked that approach. I doubt they're going to, because the, the thing is, is that played off the futuristic elements. So like, I don't think you can do that in a cold war game. Like I don't unless they do like alternate history kind of futuristic Cold War, but I like that. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, I think that. Um, I don't know. In some ways, I feel like some people just give Call of Duty a bad rap. They're just like, oh, it's the same thing every year. And part of it's it's so weird because a part of me agrees with that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet I'm always intrigued. I don't I don't play them every year. Like um, I didn't play World War II. I didn't play. What was the future one? It wasn't. It's not Advanced Warfare. It's Infinite. Uh, Infinite Warfare. I didn't play that one either.
0: Carrick likes that game, and man, man, I do not agree with Carrick. I wish he were here so I could just drag him for that.
1: <laughs> That's the one that has uh, John Snow or uh, Kit Harrington, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, I
1: think and then so. uh, Kevin Spacey in um, in uh, Advanced Warfare too. That was yeah. kind of a weird era where they were putting movie stars in the game.
0: They're like, this will sell? This yeah. Will sell.
1: There's like an awesome moment in Advanced Warfare where Kevin Spacey's like, what you're seeing is Advanced Warfare. And everyone's like, oh, we get oh, it. He said, he said the name of the game. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you
0: next week. We'll, we'll see. see. Week. Yeah. We'll certainly be talking about it on this podcast. Uh, next up is a game completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. In fact, it could not be more farther away from Call of Duty than this very moment we're talking about baldur's gate three i have way too many fucking tabs open on my phone so i keep like misclicking when i'm trying to bring up our articles this information comes from gameinformer.com uh like i said early access details have been revealed for this game it was originally supposed to come out i put in quotes come out actually in uh this month august but they moved it back they did a early access detail stream really Gotta be honest, I love Larian Studios with all my heart, but they are handling the fucking launch of this game so weirdly. Uh, Anyway, Larian Studios dropped some info about early access for Baldur's Gate 3, which is being called its, quote, most ambitious RPG yet, end quote. From system requirements to the amount of content, players got a heads up on what to expect. Larian says it anticipates Baldur's Gate 3 will be in early access for at least one year and and says not to purchase the game just yet if you want a polished experience. As written on the Steam page, the studio notes, quote, while we did our best to remove the most annoying bugs and optimize the game as much as we could, there are still plenty of issues, and it will take us time to fix them. Only buy the game now if you want an early look or if you want to participate in community feedback. Otherwise, you're probably best off waiting until version 1.0 releases. Now, they do have some system requirements here. The recommended is a uh, i7 470 uh 4770k processor um or a ryzen 5 1500x Uh, by the way dustin if you cringe at all as i pronounce these bits of hardware just stop me and take over (laughs) uh 16 gigs of ram nvidia gtx uh 1080 or a amd rx 580 uh they're saying that this is going to be a 70 gigabyte game As for the amount of content, Act 1 is the primary amount of content for Early Access, which features 25 hours of self-contained content and will support six-player classes with the amount of sub-races and races to be determined. So they may add more or, I don't know, maybe even remove some. It will have five Origin characters, which some of you who have watched my coverage of like Divinity Original Sin will be familiar with, which you can recruit but not play for now, so that will be something at launch. Larian said to expect new features to be added during early access in the ramp-up to release, including new classes and races. Larian reiterated most of Baldur Gates 3's advertised features are included, though some are a work in progress. Currently, not every language is supported, which... I saw Larian come out and confront this. They said they're going to look into this a little bit more because a lot of people were upset about it. Due to the writers still developing the game, Acts 2 and 3 are very much a work in progress, so they will not be released until the official launch of 1.0. Larian says it sees value in getting feedback and exploring games ideas with a live community, so early access seemed like a good fit. Early access opens on September 30th. (sighs) Mouthful right there. Now, are you into these types of games, Dustin, at
1: all? I want to be. So okay. I I actually bought um, what, Divinity Original Sin 2. And I have not played it. I bought it when it was like quickly on sale. And I was like, I know this game's great. I just, it's weird because it's like, I want to play it. But I know the level of commitment that it's going to take. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's one of those things where I just got to do it. It's never going to be the right time to start this yes. game. Yes, so I just need are. to do it.
0: I've played it through twice. I fucking love this game. It is so good to me. Like it is my favorite RPG in a really long while. It just the reactivity of the world. It's why I'm also extremely excited for games like wasteland three. Like I love these types of like chaotic combat isometric games with lots of agency over how the story plays out. The amount of world reactivity in in divinity Two is so like astounding and by that i mean like not it's not like you do a thing and so people are like oh my god you evil person or whatever it's more like different dialogue that's entirely voiced if you approach someone as an elf versus a dwarf and like the relationship there where i could like if i'm playing a co-op session i could walk up to someone as an elf talk to them they're like piss off and then you come to them as a dwarf and they actually engage with you and you get the information you're looking for like the amount of ways to solve quests it's fascinating. So like Baldur's Gate three, I'm really stoked for the only thing that's holding me back, holding me back for early access. And I may sound like a little ridiculous here. I don't know. Cause I'm not super familiar with the early access conversation. Cause I try to avoid it, but like I would want the full game. Right. Uh, and by full game, I don't mean like, um, I don't, I don't mean necessarily like you need every feature there. It's gotta be polished. When I say full game, I mean the full story. For me, like going 25 hours deep into Act One, and they're only doing Act One, like I would want to see. What about Act Two? Don't you want to polish Act Two and get like a lot of testing for that? Or are they just saying Act One's the sample size, and we'll and we'll figure out the rest ourselves? Like that's the type of thing I'm a little, I won't say concerned about, but I'm curious how they plan to handle that. Of course, they did mention they're going to add content down the line, but that sounds like, you know, for example, being able to play as the origin characters. Uh, for those who don't know, in Divinity original sin i think one and two uh you can pick origin characters so the story is told to you differently like if you're playing as Fane, say in divinity original sin 2 you're playing through his lens of the story and uh like he has his own personal objective so the amount of like replayability is just fucking gross in that game like you'll beat it and be like i didn't do anything but it's really like what's great about it is i played it and beat it or mostly beat it in 2017 and i came back to it like two years later and played it again it was like a whole new experience like it's it's awesome like you still are in those same zones but like the quest and the way they end up it's so it's so wild so if you ever have a time where you're like this is my moment i say you go for it young Dustin.
1: yeah go for it dude i i really i you know now since we're even talking about it right now i'm like hmm Maybe it is the time it's a good um,
0: co-op game. I will say if you play it by yourself, it's going to be tough.
1: Okay. That's actually something I was going to ask you about because I hear so much about people playing it, um, you know, co-op and it's supposed to be really good with, with a friend. Yeah. So
0: I, I've played a little bit of it by myself and I, I don't think it's bad at all. Like it's still a really good game. Cause but I'm like a geek in that way. I like doing like, all right. So something similar like this in the beginning of the game, you're on Fort joy and you need to get up into the castle for a quest so you can do it like a number of ways and like i just like seeing all the ways you can do that so for me as someone who plays rpgs all the time like that will be fun by myself but i know for these types of isometric games very i want to say methodical because you're always mentally engaged like going to do something but it still is a slow game and and like the the prologue section is like 10 hours So it is slow in that sense, but it's kind of a worthwhile slow to set up the rest of the world. But it's a lot easier to tolerate with friends. It's what I said about Wasteland 3, even though I haven't played it yet. Uh, It's what I say about Divinity 1, Divinity 2. Like, they're great games that certain people can enjoy on their own, but I understand it's not everyone's cup of tea. And it's a lot easier to learn the game, learn to love the game, too, if you're doing it with a friend.
1: Yeah, I just had an idea because I... So I guess I didn't mention this, but I've, I've started Divinity before... And then, you know, either got away from it. Never for very long. Um, yeah. But I think I tried playing it with my wife, Holly, because she's, you know, really... Like, I, I don't know if she's played a game like this, but she's definitely likes RPGs and, like, story-heavy stuff. Um, and I think we were playing, like, split-screen, and it wasn't a very good experience. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. So, you just made me think about the fact that before I did that, I didn't have a gaming laptop in addition to my pc so if we played and we each had our own copy of the game that might be
0: that'd be pretty optimal that'd be a lot better that or i i don't know what you could do is and this would involve a lot of double dipping is like if you really wanted to sometimes it's like the setting you're playing in for at least for me uh they do have it on switch where and it's cross save where you could just Go back and forth if you really wanted to. Um, that could be good on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if the thing is that with co-op in that game, I don't know. It's interesting that they have it in split screen. I thought it would be still on one screen and you just couldn't wander past the borders. Of I that. think it's
1: like a hybrid. Like you'll be on if you're if both characters are on the same screen. It's it's not going to be split. But as soon as you diverge, uh, I want to say it goes yeah. split. I'm not. I, I, I might not be remembering that right. Yeah. But. I get
0: that. I don't know. I don't like – I like split screen, but I don't like playing on split screen because, like, my eyes are trained to look at the whole thing. Like, if I was looking right. at half of you over on the left side of my monitor right now, I'd just be like, Ugh, this is hard. I can't do it. I've never – growing up, I understood the value of split screen. I still do, but I just never liked playing it. So, yeah, if you could do that for yourself and get, like, two separate screens, that would be really good. Um, especially that game goes on sale every time a steam sale rolls around and I'm sure right. we'll get our, our like a fall one before you know it and so I would say maybe wait for then right then the fall's really busy Dustin so oh,
1: yeah it's definitely gonna be busy yeah. so uh as far as Baldur's Gate 3 I'm I'm totally with you in that I don't I mean I I understand sort of early access like I understand that people want to get to play the game as soon as possible, but Mm -hmm. based on Divinity Original Sin 2, it's clear that this is going to be most likely one of the best RPGs ever made because, you know, it's like they made Divinity Original Sin 2 because they were inspired by games like Baldur's Gate. And now it's like, you know, they're...
0: you've got Baldur's Gate. (laughs) Now
1: you've got Baldur's Gate and they're gonna be putting you know, you know, 110% into making this game amazing. And so part of me is like, if you truly are really excited about this game, from my perspective, I would wait because I would want to have like, like you said, to be able to play all the acts at once and to be able to play the best version of the game um, when it comes out. I mean, now my argument is flawed because technically you could say that about almost any game to say like, well, if you wait a couple months after launch, then it's going to have all the bugs worked out. But I don't
0: know. I, I would per- say, uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I probably would wait. I'm probably going to wait unless they <laughs> they contact me and they're like, "Hey, we got a code." You know, I don't want to say that in a privileged way, but if that does right. happen, which it could, like, then I'll try it. But if they don't, I'm probably just going to wait till Act Two is like in there, content-wise, because then I'm not going to act like I'm going to breeze through the whole thing. Like I know how I play games now, where you know I I take my time, and especially in those types of games, like you got to play them in bursts because. If you don't play that game, like, Divinity, like, I'll play it for three hours and, and think sometimes, like, man, did I really do anything? I did, like, two quests. I, like, managed my inventory. Like, it's a very – it sounds slow. It sounds – it's such a hard sell. It's amazing how popular they are with, like, these types of games. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I think I'm going to wait for, like, an act, two if I'm putting my own money on the line. That's – because – At a certain point, I go, okay, I have no willpower. I need this game. Right. I need to play the next layering game. That's kind of where I stand on it. (laughs) But Act 2 is probably huge because, like, Act 1 in Divinity, Original Sin 2 is, like, Fort Joy pretty much. And then Act 2, I want to say, is, like, Crestwood, which is, like, the most significant part of the game content-wise. Like, you're there for the majority of your adventure. It's very expansive. And then Act 3, you're kind of in a, a couple of other places. Um it goes further than that. There's chapters and more shit happens. But uh, point being is that this game will be huge. I am looking forward to seeing more. Uh...
1: Also, to be clear, if they were like, hey, Bloodborne 2 is only going to be an early access and you can only play the first five hours or ten hours of the game, I would have no willpower. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to follow my own advice. So if, mm-hmm. if if Baldur's Gate and Divinity is your shit and you're like, that, may, you know, you just want to play it. Do what makes you happy for sure, um, because I would definitely be buying Bloodborne 2 early access. Though yeah. it sucks because I would buy it and play it, knowing like this isn't the ideal experience to play this, the the follow up to one of my favorite games of all time. But I I would have no willpower, just like just like you were saying. It's just like if you want if, if you want to do that, it, go for it.
0: Like with the with a uh, Larian games, I feel like always waiting like a year after launch is technically technically like the best idea because they've done a definitive edition for divinity one and two where they do the console launch of the game and in that they have like all the voice lines they have like all the patches any dlc like they give you fucking everything and i will say in divinity two like the biggest impact was that they had fully voiced everyone and everything like even the narrator for everything you do you hear this this voice just talking over what you do and combine that with like the absolutely exquisite writing and it's just like a, a dream come true but um that's why like, technically you're, it's better to wait especially for their games but it's also kind of interesting i've been on the end of watching their thing build and uh i've enjoyed that like playing divinity in 2017 i think it is when it came out divinity 2 and then playing it again in 2019 on ps4 with the definitive edition my launch years might be off there but that was like really cool just to see some of the differences there and how it controls how it plays it plays really great on console by the way i don't know if that's ever an option for you or you're interested in that but like that's how i usually do play it
1: interesting yeah because i know there's that ps4 version does that have steam cross save as well
0: i don't think i don't want to say i don't think so i don't know
2: mm.
0: okay i'm I not taking note of that but Uh, That would be cool if it did. It'd be cool if they just supported cross-save in general, but it might just be a Switch thing.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: All right. Last bit of news is on Deathloop. Deathloop, which was uh, supposed to be actually like a launch window slash launch game for uh, PS5, because as those of you who have been paying attention know, uh, this is a game that was a timed exclusive for PlayStation, has been delayed. So Deathloop's Twitter posted a update saying we've made the decision to move the launch date of Deathloop to Q2 Q2 2021. Now this game was coming out <laughs> it's coming out in the holiday season and they're pushing it back to Q2. Uh, something's going on. They say our ambition for Deathloop is to deliver a signature arcane game that takes you to never before seen places in a stylish new world. At the same time, the health and safety of everyone at Arcane Leon remains our top priority. As we've adjusted to a work-from-home space, we found that delivering this new and exciting experience at the polish and quality level that defines both an Arcane game and a true next-gen experience is taking longer than normal. This extra time will allow our team to bring Deathloop's world to life with as much character and fun as you've come to expect from our team. While we know this is the right decision for Deathloop, we share your disappointment and apologize for making you wait even longer. Thank you for your support and excitement. Your positive feedback has helped fuel us as we continue to work from the confines of our homes. We can't wait to share more details about Deathloop with you, so keep your eyes open for our next update coming soon from Arcane Leon. Are you interested in Deathloop at all? Oh hell that? yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: Yes, because uh Dishonored 2 is what I think is one of the most underappreciated games of this generation. I would it's say just ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Whoa, okay,
0: yeah. Yeah, I would say ever, man. That Dude, shit's so good, no one talks about it.
1: Dishonored 2 is just and I I part of me understands why because I feel like the cons, like the PS4 version uh, I don't know about the Xbox version personally because I didn't check out that version, but I there's something weird like I don't know if it's like an input latency or it's just like something about it didn't feel quite right to me on console, which I played it anyway on console, mm. but I on PC is where I like really grew to think it's just an absolutely incredible game. Um, but yeah, I I'm a huge fan of arcane i guess what's funny I, i'm a i am say i'm a huge fan of arcane but i didn't really play prey so i i need to play i guess i'm just a dishonored fan and it's the same studio that did dishonored too because that's the other team is the one that did Prey, the one that's in texas yes i believe so yep. yeah i what's interesting about this game is that from the trailer it looks like a spiritual successor in a way to dishonored because it had the same like blinking ability um, so I'm really excited about this. Um, they can take as, as long as they need to, to make it right. But I, I do find it really unfortunate that they do do the exclusivity deal with PlayStation. But I, I also understand it just because it's weird because the people that play their games love them. Like there's a huge, you know, following behind Dishonored, there's huge falling behind Prey. But it's my understanding that these games just really don't sell very well. You know, the the immersive sim genre. So, you have to imagine that they're thinking, you know, we're already risking it with a new IP and it's in a genre that isn't particularly a high seller. If we sign this deal with Sony, then it's not, you know, that may cover a huge part of their costs so mm-hmm. you, i understand why they made the deal it just it sucks for the people on xbox to not be able to play it but i to me it sounds like this is a time deal
0: yeah like it has to be it's absolutely timed and what we saw was that like yeah playstation was just i'm pretty sure you just said this like playstation was just outbidding xbox everywhere right and so i think yeah it's just a time thing for maybe a year or so um yeah, I was actually reading, because I wasn't even sure if I'm totally truthful with you, if this was a stealth, like, you could play stealthy. Um, I do know they have, a, like, you can't do no-kill runs in this game. Like really? No one, yeah. So, that's okay. one thing. There's not a pacifist playthrough, which I found a little disappointing. I get maybe why they're cutting it, because you're trying to, clearly with, as you mentioned, like, the inspirations they're, they're taking from their own Dishonored games, like, Dishonored amazing, but it never really sold that crazy well outside of probably the first entry when you look at it. Um, and, like, the lacking of a, a morality meter or, or the – you know how, like, you, the chaos meter in the, in the Dishonored games? Uh, this game obviously doesn't have that. They took that out of Dishonored in Death of the Outsider, <clears throat> which is a really good game. And I think it was kind of a smart choice. I love the choice and consequence that's in Dishonored. But sometimes you'll get, like, not a great ending because of some incidental death across the fucking map uh, in the level you're on. And, like, that sucks. And that happened to me in Dishonored 2. And it was kind of like, what? Why? Like, I, I didn't kill anyone. Uh, but it turns out I like it was accidentally happening through, like, people I knocked out that, like, would, oops, I had the mic. They, they'd, like, fall somewhere and die or whatever. And, it like, it, it was happening while I was completely away. Um In this uh, interview I'm reading, it says you can really go crazy, loud, silent, explore as much as you want or be as fast as you want but without missing any content. So there's something that furthers the Dishonored paradigm to an extent in the terms of gameplay. It's supposed to be a gigantic party, if not for one person who was the ultimate party crasher uh, for Eternity named Colt. It's a strange place in this world. It's a place where there was an army base at some point where some strange experiments have happened. There is something special on this island. But the people who are now living there, the people who are of the Aeon program, have invested in the island in order to be the party that never ends. And so um, you can choose which district you want to go to and what you want to do there. You can do some assassinations, or you can just go and explore the district where there are no targets. So there's a a number of things you can do. So it's a little bit like a Dishonored game, but where you would make your schedule for the day in a way like a Persona game where you would organize your day and say, okay, today I want to do this and then that, and then this. But the structure is closer to Dishonored with a bit more choice and agency about how you go about things. Isn't that a fucking weird comparison? This is coming from the guy directing the game, right? Dishonored and
1: Persona? Tustin. have we found the best game of all time? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, it's just honestly, like... I'm just so excited thinking about Dishonored... Like, thinking just about a new game from this studio. Dishonored 2, like, honestly, maybe the best level design like it may be the best i don't know i i, I haven't thought about it enough to say that confidently but like thinking about the uh, is it called the clockwork mansion yeah from yeah, just yeah. Oh, that level is insane so mm-hmm. thinking about their to to bring this into what you're saying like thinking about their like super creative level design and tying that into the framework of the game itself is just really exciting. I'm not sure I really understand what they're even saying based on what you just read, Um, but I'm, I'm excited for, for it.
0: Maybe this next statement will help round out what he's saying. There's also that clock counting down to midnight and each objective you take on will reduce the time you have left for the remaining targets. When you return to your hub, If you run down the clock before killing them all, you're back at the start of the loop, each time with newfound knowledge for levels, NPC routines, routes, and tactics. So there is a glimmer of DNA from the Prey Moon Crash expansion, not quite a roguelike like that game was, but designed to be mastered through repetition and experimentation. Mm. So what happens is you go out, let's say, today I'm going out, I'm doing these two side missions in this hub, and I'm fucking killing this guy. That's my day. I'm going to try to get that done and then head back to the hub. Then you've got – now you've got to, in say, like 12 hours, kill seven more targets. It's going to be interesting how they handle that without it being repetitive because, like, let's say you're figuring things out meticulously, right? And, like, you get five, and then it sends you all the way back to the beginning. And then you got to do them all over again. Like, is that defraying? Right. What do they do to make that – exciting it's a really novel concept i don't know if you played prey moon crash but that's like one of the best dlc expansions ever made like it's so ridiculously good but this is a a very different game i can see why it's taking them some time um i i'm excited to play just as an arcane fan i still think they're like the best developer underneath bethesda at this moment in time used to be bgs but damn here we are here we are all right. That was our last bit of news, Dustin. Now we're into the patron questions where I'm sure things will get wild and stupid.
1: Let's go for it.
0: As my stomach rumbles, but I don't think the mic can pick that up. All right. Uh, where is my Discord app on my phone? I don't have it up. What? Matty is not prepared. Hold on one sec, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. All right. Let's get this started. What's today's day? 21st. All right. First question comes in from okay. The 15th was Saturday. All right. So we can start there. Carlton Dexter. Is there any point buying either console at launch? With no big titles for Xbox Series X and currently only an expansion to the PS4 Spider-Man game for PS5, to me, it doesn't feel worth it buying a brand new console for several hundred pounds slash dollars to play the same games. You could play on current consoles, but with a better set of graphics and higher frame rate. I have an Xbox One X with Game Pass and a mid-tier gaming computer, so for me, it would be more worth the while getting a PS4 for half the price of a new console.
1: Hmm. I think we kind of touched on this earlier a little bit in that, Mm, I mean, I don't know. This is so difficult because it's like for me when I'm buying a PS five, I'm not, I mean, obviously the games that I'm going to play at launch are important, but it's like, I know that I'm going to have this and I'm going to play it for the next five plus years. So, I don't know. I guess there's the idea, like, do you trust Sony to follow up with good games, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or do you trust Microsoft to follow up with games that you want to play for the next five years? I mean, honestly, you probably shouldn't trust them because you never know what's going to happen throughout the course of a generation. But so I guess to me like no buying a console at launch is probably not a wise thing to do but again my what i'm going back to is that if it's if it's something you want and you can afford it and you're going to enjoy what you know is available then go for it i don't know
0: yeah, yeah. I think you'd be in a better spot because having an Xbox and a PC, I feel, kind of puts you in a position where you're dipping into the same pool. Because especially if you you said you're a Game Pass owner, so you could get pretty much everything Game Pass offers already on PC. It would probably be more beneficial for you to own a PlayStation. I'm not saying get rid of your Xbox, but I think it would be worth at least keeping your eye on the PlayStation because there is a pool of exclusives over there that you currently can't access on either of your consoles. That's the only thing I would add on to that. Uh, t- 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 sorry, you were about to say something.
1: Oh no, just yeah, the the PC thing. That's that's where I'm at with Series X. It's like I have a a really nice PC that I built this year and put a lot of money into, mm-hmm. and so you know, no no dig against the Series X. It's just like I don't. It, it would it would not be a good investment if I can play all those games on my PC. So yeah. with Game Pass, so. I'm not writing off the Series X forever of course but I will probably get one I will probably inevitably buy one just cuz I can't resist right. hardware I love buying hardware like
2: no, who, it's who so it
1: it's so exciting so I I will probably get one but but yeah if this if the you said the the guy who wrote in the question uh, said yeah, they already Carlton have a PC did. so yep yeah
0: mid tier PC
1: yeah then you're probably good on that front in my opinion
0: Tropical Ice Cow writes in, what do you think Avengers needs to do to become successful? I can see what they are trying to do with the game, but I think they are stuck between the comics and the movies and trying to ride the hype of the MCU. But wow, the beta has been boring. Um, Yeah, man. I, The way I look at it is I think their best bet is to really just hit the pedals at a metal and get as many heroes out consistently as possible. Because that... At that point, I don't think people are going to care about their depth if they're just getting new toys to play with. I would... See, I think the issue is that they don't play different enough. Like, they all have, like, one little thing that I feel separates them, but they don't feel like their entire entity with, like, a full kit. Like, you look at what spider-man ps4 did with how the gadgets expanded and how all the moveset expanded and all the all the costumes expanded i'm not saying you need that for literally every character in the game because i don't think that's realistic to expect or else the game would still be in development for another like 10 years but what i will say is i think they just need to just like just pour it on man just everything there was a leak recently that had like she hulk ms marvel it had uh, of course spider-man uh, it had uh, who else was confirmed? There was Doctor Strange. Uh, there was just like a, a whole bunch of them in there that are, are playable characters, according to the files. So uh, people are data mining that, and so I think they're just going to do that. Just pour it on with playable characters. Just keep up the support, because I think of a game like Battlefront Two, which really hit its stride and support like way after launch. And for me, that was at a point where I said, "I'm I'm busy playing other games. I don't really care right now." I feel like that they come out the gate, failure or not. And they're just like, yep, let's just heroes, heroes, new maps, new missions. If it's gonna be a loot game, like you gotta expand on all fronts as consistently as possible. And if you got Marvel tied to your name, I mean, you gotta act. You cannot be complacent.
1: Yeah, it's hard for me to even speak to this question. I I finally did end up playing the beta, and I just, you know, I found it so boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I was just I didn't even get to the point where you could like pick your own missions. Like I was doing the the mission where you play as the, the girl that can like stretch her arms and stuff. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, Ms. Marvel.
1: And I was like Is that Ms. Marvel?
0: Uh, I don't yeah. think that
1: is. Wait. Let me double check. I was gonna say Ms. Marvel is the one that Not flies around. I don't, I'm, I've seen all of the phase one MCU movies, but other than that, I'm like a comic yeah, book
0: Yeah, no, coca is Ms. Marvel. You're thinking of
1: Captain Marvel. Captain, okay. See, yeah, yeah I have no idea what I'm talking about yeah. when it comes to these characters. These, these but anyway, names. as far as playing the game, the gameplay, I can't speak to that, that I was just like, mm-hmm. there's gotta be, there's gotta be more. I think you're right, Maddie, about as far as like individualizing the characters and making them feel more distinct. Um. So, but yeah, it was funny because I was playing the beta after we had that that podcast where you guys hearing you guys talk about it. Yeah, I was like, wow, they were they were right.
0: <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. We didn't mislead yeah. you. Right? I was I, I was with you. If You came in and went. I actually
1: like it. <laughs> I really wanted to to give it a fair shake. Oh, I, I think was like, everyone wants to like that game, man. I was I like, like, all I'm doing is pressing square, and the same enemies over and over which i understand a lot of other games do that too as far as repeated enemies like destiny is kind of the same same shtick but as i as i compared it to destiny on the last show it's like if you're it's okay to do the same thing over and over again if your core gameplay is super fun and i was like this core gameplay is just not not doing it for me so
0: yeah holzer's got two things right and one's a comment towards you dustin but right now what we're going to do is question. With Xbox moving to service slash Game Pass rather than straight up consoles, could you see a similar situation happening to what happened with streaming markets? As in where Xbox is essentially Netflix, and as time goes on, other companies slash publishers will see this success and start pulling their games, similar to what Disney and NBC did to start their own service, thus starting a new service war. My immediate response is probably not, because you see the likes of Ubisoft trying to do it, and it's just like not... Maybe it's profitable for them, but it's not simply as powerful and as popular and as hype as Game Pass. Like when you see a third party game get thrown onto Game Pass, people are like, Yes, let's go. Like this is awesome because it's more value to the consumer. And right now you just can't beat that. And I know there was a conversation about that with Netflix, but I feel like you gotta look at each company individually and say, Is their portfolio so fucking good that if they pulled everything from Game Pass and said, Give me fifteen more bucks a month, I would I would pay for that right like if bethesda did it think of their portfolio right they're giving you all the elder scrolls games all the fallout games uh dishonored uh doom i just feel like even that like that sounds like pretty good on paper but when you add the money to it i would rather just take less games and go to game pass because no one wants to pay those extra services it benefits companies more to be a part of game pass where it's not like they're just gifting these games by the way holzer they're getting paid and i'm sure you know this they're getting paid to, to, to have their games on this service. So with that in mind, I, don't think these, I think these companies understand they gain more just from being a part of something really popular and successful rather than trying to do their own thing because then you get Ubisoft Plus or Play or play whatever the hell they call it. And uh, before you respond, Dustin, I just want to tag in what, what Holzer had said. He said, oh my God, Dustin, you need to get a smoker. We have two now and we make so many different and delicious meats.
1: I was just talking to my dad because they were they were here the other day and I was like, yeah, I think I need I think it's go time for the smoker. It's one of those things, though, where it's like I just, you know, since I was I mentioned earlier about buying the car, I'm like, I spent a, not like too much money. But since it was a big purchase in the down payment, I'm like, don't spend any money for like <laughs> at least a little while. So yeah. I, though I may not be able to res- to resist the uh, the smoker. Of the delicious meats, so yeah, sorry, I I I, uh, I wasn't ignoring you when you were speaking. I I wanted to bring up the question as well, just to make sure yeah. that I. So, yeah, everyone having their own service is really interesting, just because I am the type of consumer that the the service makers hate because I will join the service to play one brand new game and then quit. <laughs> So, like, Fallen Order, when Jedi Fallen Order came out, I signed up for EA Access for $15 on PC, and I played it. And then I promptly canceled it, and I played that game for $15. So, yeah. your money. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's, like, I have no, nothing against EA. I guess it's called EA Play now. I have no problem with EA Play, and I'm sure that many people subscribe and, and love it. I just don't, I wouldn't utilize the service that would make it worth it for me to have it every month. So I barely even feel like Like Game Pass, I will I will sometimes cancel it and then just wait until there's something I want to use. Just because there's so much, I was thinking this the other day. There's just so much content of of all things. Like there's so many shows and movies and games, and that it's hard to, you know, it, there's no point in being subscribed to all these different things when I'm not even taking advantage of the things that I do have. Right. So. So yeah, I'm I'm curious what the end game is with with all these companies having their own service. You can't imagine that they all succeed. Especially the Ubisoft one. I I was thinking I always forget they even have mm-hmm. their own service. So yeah, I I honestly don't know. Yeah, dude.
0: Twiglad writes in Have any games made you cry?
1: Hmm. I'll be honest, Maddie, I'm not much of a crier when it comes to media, like movies and and TV shows and games. Like, I just don't cry, really, though. I can't think of one example. And that was at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts three. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, it was it was a cry of. Of nostalgia from remembering being in in second grade getting Kingdom Hearts. I remember going to the mall and like I had most of the money and my grandma helped me pay for the rest and how that game, like a lot of people were like, can point to one game and it's like, this game changed my life. I feel like there's like a multitude of games that like cemented the type of games I love now. And Kingdom Hearts was one of them. And so when Kingdom Hearts three, it was finally out after so many years from waiting, um, it was it was an emotional moment when that game started up, and it was the, the Utada Hikaru song at the beginning, and I was like, "Wow, this is just dumb. it feels unreal that it was even happening." And so that that made me shed a tear. So I guess when I cry, it's not necessarily because of the the things happening in the game; it's like the the weight on my own life and the impact of it. So, Maddie, what about you? I'm curious uh yeah yeah
0: i've definitely over the years i've loosened up more i think because not because i like want to cry just i feel like i used to be very uptight about it and like um movies always manage to like cut through um where i'd get choked up my brain would always be like no dude like you can't Mm -hmm. Uh, i had a similar thing with kingdom Hearts 3 was when i finished it i was like happy crying i was like oh my god like you know it actually is over like it actually you know i played the game um trying to think what else uh there was couple there was one moment in ghost of tsushima that made me tear up um because that game had some pretty well-written quests so that that one that was a shocker that one that, that one actually got me
1: um, i was actually playing that today and there was a very emotional moment at the end of act two yeah dude at I, the end of I, Act I, Two was
0: another tear jerker. i was like yeah oh, so a really good part yeah uh so yeah like for me definitely there's multiple instances that immediately come to mind um kingdom Hearts 3 is probably like the most prominent in my head though because uh, like there is most times i sit in like a stunned silence like persona five royals like jaw slightly open like holy fuck what was that like that was just usually i'm rendered like emotionless because i was hit with so many at once so i don't just default cry i just go like oh my
1: god right I dude okay I, we got to keep talking about kingdom hearts here for a minute because the, dude before kingdom hearts 3 came out i prepared i played through every fucking game again really? like i oh my gosh i went through and there were some of them Mad that man. i hadn't even played like um uh the 3ds one i had played but never finished so i was like fucking ready it was go time and here's the thing kingdom hearts Say what you will, it's ridiculous. It's like one of the stupidest games ever, but it, that mm-hmm. doesn't stop me from loving it. And I will fully admit that I am blinded by my own nostalgia of this game. And I don't care. Like, when, when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, I was... It's one of the few... I, I went to the midnight release at my GameStop because I needed to play it as soon as possible. And it was like this weird moment i was like at the cash register and it was like way more emotional and like crazy in my mind than anything of this matter ever should be i was like it's actually happening i'm actually buying kingdom hearts 3 i'm 20 25 years old (laughs) like i would it's just thinking back of like thinking of my my second grade self if i could tell tell him be like oh yeah one day you'll be married you'll be in your own house." And you'll be 25, and you'll be buying Kingdom Hearts three. I don't know. It's just I don't oh, know. Right. It's That's
0: it's kind of wild where you were then and now. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. So I don't know. I will, I will take any opportunity to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Just in, remember that in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, go Of for this, it, of, this game, of this game of this show I like Kingdom
0: Hearts. Like I, I I go back and forth on Kingdom Hearts three. I think it's a good game, but I think it was like a disappointing one. So like,
1: oh dude, I'm, I'm in, in the exact same about. spot. Yeah, like. I'm so happy it exists. I'm so happy I got to play it. It didn't... It lived up to my expectations by existing, in a way. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to say it's, like, awesome. Yeah, so,
0: definitely not. Especially for me, it was more so cemented after Final Fantasy VII Remake, when I saw how they treated that game, and then how they, like, which long-anticipated feels like forever in development and then you look at what happened to kingdom Hearts 3 i was like they fucking shafted that game so hard like they just said fuck this we're done with it we're getting it out and we're putting seven remake on the on the main development board
1: right dude i can't believe too the way they handled the marketing for kingdom Hearts 3 like it got to a point i was when i was at e3 and for the there i think there was a trailer at the sony press conference That year, that was the the last Sony press conference, and I think they had a trailer. Anyway, I remember thinking, this is the last time I'm going to watch any trailers for this game, and somehow, when when I played it, I knew every single world that was in that game, and it was kind of disappointing. I was like, man, it would have been so exciting to not know a world before you play the game, but... And it then they,
0: because they like sold that game a shit ton. It sold really well. But yeah, I agree entirely. There was no surprise on like what worlds you were going to.
1: Dude, they put out a trailer that's literally the end of the game. I'm trying to remember what the name of the trailer was called. Um, Kingdom Hearts three. Do you remember that? Like,
0: yeah, that was like. Oh, a, there were a lot of articles going around. Kingdom
1: Hearts three final battle trailer, like. Why? Stupid, yeah. I, I, what's funny is I when I, I saw the name of that trailer and I was like, no fucking way would I ever watch that. And then yeah. after I beat the game, I watched that trailer and I was like, wow, the ending of this game would have been so much less impactful if I would have watched that. And that's the thing is they do that with like, I don't I think that's a it's either a Japanese thing or a Square Enix thing to just blow their load on these trailers. So there's nothing. To surprise you when the game comes know out. everything about the game. <laughs> I hate that, dude.
0: But... They did a better job with 7 Remake. I feel like I didn't know yeah. a lot about that going in. True. Uh, Typhus76 writes in, I recently visited my local game store and saw that FIFA 21 had a regular and a few special edition games. Very normal, but I saw the special editions were available three days earlier than the regular editions. How do you feel about special editions Uh, being released earlier than the regular edition of a game Ah, fuck what video was it I brought this up I brought this up sometime this year what was I talking about I don't know it it completely escapes me because I make like a video every day but I literally talked about something like this it was definitely FIFA and I showed it for something but I think it's stupid Oh I, yeah. I think, I think it's so weird to stagger your releases.
1: I think they did it with Did they do it with Forza Horizon?
0: Maybe. Why did I talk about it? I'm going to go through my my library of videos here. What the hell did I bring it up for? I wonder. I have no clue, but I I guess that's not the point of the question at all. I think it's uh I think it's just like The game is ready either way, so it's kind of like a false marketing in a way to to make you feel like you're getting an early access because you paid a little bit more than just being patient. It's kind of taking advantage of your desire of the game, which I'll never be a fan of. I think it's really stupid. I know some will treat it as like consumer options. I'm like, no, stop. Right. Like there's consumer options and there's like, hey, it's ready. So we're going to stagnate this launch throughout multiple versions so that if you pay a lot of money, you'll get it a week early little bitch it's like no no i'm good
1: (laughs) yeah it's like same thing i i've i've made comments like this before but it's like they do this because it works Mm -hmm. so if you don't i agree i think it sucks like you're i think you coined it perfectly by saying it takes advantage of your desire uh, to play the game but if you don't like it then you should not pay for it and and try to say hey this is this isn't something that's acceptable, and 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 tell them about it. You know, tweet about it. It's, it's got to be both, though. You can't just tweet at them and say that it sucks and then buy it anyway because they and they'll just look at the money, right? There's only certain things that uh, eventually it has to create a certain level of public distaste for them to actually do anything. Yeah, so. In in this situation, I think the thing that's gonna speak the most is if they see the money not pan out, but yeah. They they do it because it works. So it's unfortunate reality. Indeed.
0: Yellow snowman eight six nine. Hey guys. Uh, yeah, right. That's I, I quite a name. That. Yeah, he, he pees in the snow for some reason. I think his profile picture, if I can see this properly, everyone's done it.
1: I mean everyone's peed in the snow. snow yeah have you not been
0: this i thought he was wearing a snowman mask in his profile picture but i don't think he is he's wearing a mask good for you but uh, i don't know what kind of mask uh i don't remember if i've ever peed in the snow though i've ate a ton of snow mm. as a kid growing up oh of course And anytime i was thirsty handful of that you're good to go resolve i'm hydrated let's go do it anyway yellow snowman grotesquely writes in hey guys It's been a good while since I've been active in the discord, but I'm just catching up on podcasts and I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. I just want to say how fucking excited I am to hear some confirmation on this mass effect remake or remaster or whatever it is still crazy. It is that we still don't have any specifics on the price of these consoles. I'm glad. uh, I'm sorry. I love all the content from all of you guys, and I'm glad I've been able to be a part of this community. Stay safe and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. For your little letter here on top of that just to keep it topical with mass effect typhus wrote in a second time saying with mass effect Remaster rumored to release this year what do you think the shortest marketing time frame for a game could be i.e the shortest timeline between announcement and release hmm. a lot of mass effect hype for good reason people want that trilogy <sighs> in their hands as soon as possible
1: dude i want i want that bad like
0: I wanted to man. I've
1: kind of wanted to go back and play them the past few years, and then like now that there's these rumors, I think I did try to go to back to play Mass Effect One, and it has it needs updated. There's some mm-hmm. there's some quality of life things that they need to do. Anyway, back to the the question: How? What's the shortest time frame? I mean, this is something that that Colin has said, so I don't want to take credit for it. But you got to wonder if if certain games they could just release with no marketing if they're like if valve was like hey half-life 3 is out right now how many people would just buy it based on the explosion that you know twitter and and different online uh you know message it, message boards or whatever would be the people would just be like going nuts because this game finally came out i think it could be done i don't know if That'd anyone's a
0: very particular game i feel
1: yeah yeah so I think it's possible that you could have literally no marketing behind a huge game and it'd be successful. I don't know if anyone's ballsy enough to do it, but coming back to Mass Effect, I feel like that game is such in the public conscious of gamers that it doesn't need to be long, you know? Like, they they could probably do it in in three months or less. I don't know if it's even necessary to do much beyond that. People know what they're getting into, so...
0: I think it's going to be way shorter than that because it's okay. definitely coming out this year. Like that's kind of been the notion I have seen online. I've been covering this game since like fucking February. So like what I've heard and what I've seen, this game is happening this year and like when it's announced, it is going to be a short time frame. Like at this rate, it's going to be a really short time frame. I don't know when they're going to reveal it, but month to months tops, like it's going to be a pretty tiny window.
1: And the rumors around that are, are that they're doing some pretty significant work on those games. It's not just an up Yeah.
0: I would like to see that. I don't know. I don't know if I buy into that, especially because I feel like that's where you need to market, right? Like, it, let's say they changed the ending to three or they reworked one. That'd be that's crazy. like that's something you have to be like, we're, this is a part of, like, people need to know this. They can't just figure it out. Like, they need to know it. Um, I feel like that would make it where they'd announce it by now. I don't know if we'll see it at like Gamescom or something like that. I doubt it, but, um, I personally feel like it's going to be just like the same games, touched up 60 FPS. And sometimes that's enough. Like I feel like borderlands game of the year edition is a perfect example of when you give a game, some type of like modern bells and whistles, it plays so fucking good. Like I love how, when I play Lilith in, in, in game of the year edition on PC, there's just something about it. It just feels so friggin' good. It's It's got this, like, flow to it. They changed something on the inside to make that gameplay better. And so, like, if they did something like that with Mass Effect 1, because uh, that's very janky. Like, you round out some of the animations, um, give, the, give the guns a little more punch, just things like that. I think that could go a long way. You know, because they're not going to... If you remake the first Mass Effect game, that's pretty much what... Like... In a sense, Andromeda was like a spiritual successor to the first Mass Effect. So I feel like them remaking that game or changing anything substantial with it, it's not going to happen because Andromeda, like both games have like planets that you drop on, you explore them, you find quests, you fight enemies, you 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 have those vehicles uh, that you can drive around. Like they both kind of have that already. So I feel like EA and Bioware are probably like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. I don't know what they're going to do now though. Like once that trilogy's out, like what they're going to do with mass effect, if they're just going to leave the Andromeda galaxy and then just go back to the Milky way, essentially. Um, that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see.
1: I'm excited because when it comes out, I'm going to play through the games as female shepherd, which is supposed to be a fantastic experience. People, a lot of people think that the female voice actress is way better than, uh, the male voice he's very like uh he's kind of stiff if I'm being honest and also very Canadian, <laughs> so not that's the only
0: voice I think of when I think of the game though, but like I said, I've never played Gem Shep, so like yeah, that's definitely why, but I always think of like the you know the like I'm Commander Shepard and, and- oh yeah, Star and the Citadel. like you know, I just think of that voice, and it's just hard to separate that, <laughs> right, but. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into that game series. That'll be that'll be a really good time. And if they bring back the multiplayer, oh my god. I don't know if I'll even play the stories. Dang. <laughs> I fucking love that multiplayer. All right. Grimblade writes in in case it isn't already a show topic, which it wasn't, what are your thoughts on Black Myth Wukong? The game looks insanely polished for a relatively unknown Chinese indie studio. They cited God of War and Sekiro as direct influences, and I would say it definitely shows. So, yes, I, I found the response. I don't want to sound like a piece of shit, but, like, I found Too the late. response to this game. Right. I, know. <laughs> I found the response to the game very fascinating because, like, so many people were who, like, live and die on the wait for the full product, wait to see more. And then we see this, like, 15-minute vertical slice, which does look really good. And people are like, oh, my God, what? Like, I don't know. I just I couldn't get excited because I'm like, we don't know when it's coming out. It is an indie studio. And, and like it it's just like it's such a tiny slice of what the whole game can be. Um if there was more of like a release window or date in sight, I'd be like, alright, you know, I, I get this. Like this this I'm about. Unless I miss something, because then hype trains full steam ahead. But that's where I sit on the game currently.
1: Yeah, I actually just watched this, this morning and um Yeah, I mean it looks cool. Um I'm kinda with you though, that just like yeah, when there's still so little that we don't know, like, as far as a window. I, I feel like there was another one of these, like... The the market is really interesting because are, we are starting to see more and more Chinese developers pop up, which is, mm. is cool. I mean, I'm excited to see what that kind of worldview brings into game development just because um, China is so different than living in a lot of other countries that currently develop games so yeah it'll be interesting um i feel like some of the i'm i'm trying to think there was like a a chinese developed game coming for ps4 that kind of ended up being vaporware or that just like kind of disappeared um not genshin impact but a different one but anyway so yeah it's one of those things where it's it looks cool but have to know more for sure
0: yeah i'm in the same boat All right, let's go ahead and move on down to Natural Calamity. Before anything, I want to welcome Dustin to our dysfunctional little rabble of nerds and the like. You rock, man. I love hearing your take on things, and your fun demeanor makes it all the better. Now, to the questions. That's what he wrote, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I was not rushing away your thank you. Yeah, (laughs) I appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. He wrote five long questions. All right. Five
1: long questions.
0: Wow. We're going to rapid fire natural calamity because we still have a ton of questions after this to go through. Cool. So sorry, natural calamity rapid fire. Here we go. This is what happens. This is I've, I've specifically said to people, you know, take some, put them in the extra slice podcast, you know, just, just compartmentalize your questions, but you're going to get the rapid fire treatment. Question one, with the release of the Xbox one, Microsoft unveiled the connect and many, uh, made many that turned off, uh, consumers, and when seeing the delay of Halo, I can't help but think this is the start of the downfall for the Series X. Do you think this generation will be as bad as the reveal of the one? Why or why not? I think not.
1: I don't think so either. Um, I would hope that they 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 know very well what went wrong with Xbox One and the launch. Yeah. So I, a delayed game is nowhere near the insanity of the launch Yeah, and the, and the reveal of Xbox One. Yeah, that's it's not.
0: Let's not go that far. Question two. With the Switch now looking like it is the most profitable hardware system to date, do you think Nintendo will take a chance and make a Switch Pro? And if so, what improvements do you think it will make from the regular Switch? And how do you think it will look like? How do you think Nintendo would implement it and its games? We talked about this, didn't we, last week?
1: Yeah, which I think to quickly summarize what we said is that maybe they would do a Switch Pro, but they don't really need to because Mm -hmm. they're making so much money. They can barely stock Switches as it is. So why would they screw up a good thing? I think they'll wait at least a year or two into next-gen to see how ports are doing. Um, Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't know anyone who buys a Switch to play the ports. The ports are like a bonus. Yes. Anyone who's playing Doom on a Switch has already played it on a PS4, an Xbox, or a PC. I'm guessing. I'm guessing like 95% of people.
0: Yeah. Question three, what lengths do you think Microsoft will go to to see that xCloud gets on Apple devices? Do you see forces colliding to take down this corporate giant or do you see Apple weathering the storm? Yeah, they've really come under attack from all angles between Microsoft and Epic. Two giants just trying to get their game on their platform. The Epic thing on its own is really interesting to watch unfold. I'll be curious to see where the cards fall on that. Uh, As for Microsoft... I feel like a lot of it may depend on how this whole Epic thing turns out, right? Because if somehow Epic found a way to win this, then I'm sure Microsoft could step in with that advantage. Um, I I don't know, man. I I, I don't I see them pressing hard because X Cloud is like a big part. Like you have Game Pass, which connects Game Pass Ultimate, which connects to X Cloud. Game Pass is your number one moneymaker. You need that on Apple devices. At least that's I. I so I think they're going to push pretty hard.
1: Yeah. So it's my understanding that the reason that Apple is not wanting to allow xCloud is because of they have their own rating system within the app store. And so this kind of bypasses that by having access to all of these games through xCloud, which what doesn't really make sense to me is that Steam Link is on iPhone also, which I would assume that is the exact same situation. Um, so like shit, in my opinion. Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't know much more than that to really speak on it, but I, I'm assuming that they will eventually work something out, but who knows? Yeah.
0: question four, With the delay of halo, do you see Microsoft forcing some other developers to crunch just to take the pressure off of halo developers? Plus to get a game out for launch. Also, if halo doesn't do, what it is trying to and fails what do you think that would uh would do to the future of the series x and 10 years of content promised i think they're absolutely going to try to weather any storm that comes their way with halo because this game they're going to just like force succeed it is what i would like to call it they will they will continue to add content to it no matter what they will they will develop a player base for it because there are people who do just like halo and enjoy what halo is um I do think for the future of the series, they may look into a new developer for the next entry and might cut the 10 year plan short. I will say that if like, if infinite comes out and it's another like, fuck this sucks. Um, I think it's already kind of clear that, um, three four, three, three isn't really cut out for the job. But now after this, if this isn't good, which it may be on track to not be very good in some ways, uh, red alert, I find Microsoft and, and get them off that series as soon as possible. Because the damage has already been done, but now, like, you got to start a redemption arc at that point.
1: Right. Yeah. I was thinking about this, and you got to...
0: Oh. Dustin dropped out. He completely dropped out, ladies and gentlemen. This, is, this has not happened in a while. Dustin just, mid-sentence, he's just staring at the floor thinking about things. What things? I'm unsure of. But... We're gonna see if we can get him back. I don't. I don't know. Like, part of me wants to leave this in. This might be really entertaining for you guys to listen to. You, you couldn't have seen this coming. I'm gonna write down a little timestamp. Um, but yeah, it looks like looks like his internet might have died. Let's let's go ahead and check Twitter here. Let's see what he wrote. Nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, and there you go. Oh, hold on. Hey. Hello. I, l- I
1: left and rejoined, but you were frozen for me. Was I frozen for you?
0: You were. I was commentating during the whole thing. I'm going to leave that in then.
1: All oh right. dang! I was commenting. <laughs> I was like, "Maddie's frozen. I don't yeah. know what's going on." So <laughs> nah, that was a that was a Discord thing, man. Damn Maybe it! You left and rejoined then. So I don't know what when I got cut off, but basically you were starting your sentence. <laughs> well, okay. So we were talking about Halo Infinite. Oh, yeah. you got to wonder if they should maybe drop the Xbox One version of this game at this point. I think that that would be a hard thing for them to do since they've really emphasized that it's already coming to Xbox One, but it might be the right thing to do. Because think about the fact that if they release this on Xbox One, are they going to support this game on Xbox One for 10 years? Is that what they said, 10 years? You're going to support this this. Old I mean this I mean as far as hardware goes, it's old. PS4, Xbox One, they're both old as far as technology goes. They're gonna support that for ten years.
0: Can it even it, handle that support that's being added.
1: Right. I mean I feel like it's, it might be better to rip the band aid off early and I agree. And just and just drop that's it. Good, but good suggestion. Um I'm trying to remember what else was at the core of the question, but that was really it.
0: like if halo doesn't do what it's trying to do and fails what do you think the future of the series x in 10 years content
1: oh and he they had mentioned about should they make another developer crunch
0: yeah i don't have a game gonna happen
1: yeah i don't think they'll do that i mean like i said you can say that we're being pessimistic but they don't have a first party game that we know of ready for launch that's that does not spell like a recipe for success. I don't think based they on
0: anyone nearby that they could even crunch.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of possibilities. Like, maybe they could try to buy an exclusive in time. But even that, it's do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I get that
0: PlayStation does it, but when Microsoft does it, like, think of Tomb Raider. All hell breaks loose. And right. It tanks the game i don't know i i just it wouldn't work out for them i would like to see them try that but i don't think it would work out right question five What movie do you want to see be turned into a game? My choice would be Cabin in the Woods, the rotating monsters, the possibilities to play in different countries where teens are placed against different monsters chosen by the players themselves, the addition of the scientists possibly being a playable character on the side of the monster. Why the hell hasn't this been made? Dead by daylight, but better with a story reasoning to the whole thing going on. What is your choice for a movie to be made into a game? And if you've seen, thoughts. Mm. TMNT 2003. Oh. In an open world setting. Okay. It's, my, it's not a movie, but it's my show game. Interesting. Because they have Feel- 03 TMNT games, but they only have an open world one. That'd be right. sick.
1: All the movies that come to mind to me already have games. Like Initially, I was like, man, do a Scott Pilgrim game. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a game for that that hopefully is coming back. Um, apparently it is yeah so i don't know we might have to come back to this i'm not a lot of the movies i'm thinking of i'm like would that be a good game just yeah two
0: totally separate things nowadays like it's it's gotta be like someone with a skill set right like a hero that's why like people call them superhero games because like
1: that's transferable i could see something interesting like if they did uh Spaceballs, the telltale adventure and, and, you know, telltale series, something really weird, obscure, or like, uh, I don't know, Wayne's World, some like weird 80s movie, but doing it because they did that with uh, Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go with Spaceballs, telltale series. All
2: right
0: tropical ice cow writes in when do you expect dates and prices for the new consoles and given how good goes to tsushima and the last of us part two play do you think we didn't get enough out of the current consoles yeah you could make an argument you could definitely make an argument that those two kind of squeezed them dry and show that there was definitely some fidelity left on the table by some of the other games out there um but then again you could have said like why are we moving on from the ps3 when you saw the last of us one and how amazing that looked like it still looks amazing to this day so personally i think like if they're showing like this is all we can squeeze out of it then it is time to move on because like say one day we get the graphics of the last of us part two with the frame rate like that we want to play on that would be great i would love that as for the expected dates and prices of new consoles we have kind of talked that to death at this point in time so we'll, we'll just focus on On that aspect. Do you think we got enough out of these consoles?
1: Oh yeah. I feel like we definitely did. I mean. Think about how many. Exclusives are not. Just like. I feel like I've played so many games. And on. On these consoles. And. It's one of those things where. I'm not necessarily feeling like. They are. Super outdated. Like when. When we got to the end of the 360. We were playing games like. Grand Theft Auto 5, and Bioshock Infinite, I was feeling like, yeah. Especially because that's when I was really starting to get serious about PC gaming. I was like, these consoles feel old. And that was also a particularly long generation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you that I would love to see some of the high-fidelity PS4 games that we have. Games like that running at high frame rate. I don't know if that's likely because I feel like they're still going to try to just do the ultimate fidelity that they can do at 30 FPS. But I don't know. I'm surprised when they said that they're doing a 4K 60 mode for Spider-Man. So yeah, right. maybe maybe there is an initiative to at least give an option between a 4K 60 mode and a uh, a fidelity 30, which we've already started to kind of see with PS4 Pro. But I'd love to see that um across the board even more. So
0: Yeah. Jam writes in, what is a hobby you find interesting and want to get into but know literally nothing about it?
1: Um <sighs> hmm. I have one, be. but I feel like I've I've been going first. You go ahead with this one, Maddie. Ah. Uh...
0: guess music <clears throat> i don't know if i'm like really into it i i feel like most things i'm curious about i am like pretty good at pursuing martial arts language learning uh writing i would say music because like i guess it ties. it always ties back to games like if i were ever make my own game you know conducting your own music and stuff composing rather sorry uh your own music like that type of stuff would be really cool um and i always get told i have like a musician's hand like my fingers are really long like that's what i'm told all the time my dad was a a really popular drummer for a while and like he he still plays locally and stuff so i have that in my dna but um these are gamer hands baby
1: so that's right
0: that's where i am with that
1: that's funny i used to be all about music. Like I played in a bunch of bands in um in high school and stuff, and then I kind of just fell out of it. So um, for me though, this is something I've recently thought about. There's two things that I'd love to get into. One of them is doing ceramics, like doing pottery and stuff, because I did a class in high school and I really liked doing the doing it on the wheel and like doing the painting and firing in the kiln. I thought it was awesome. The other one that I want to do that I feel like would be so cool is making stained glass. Like, and I think it's out of my motivation. I feel like it'd be so cool to do video game themed stained glass, (laughs) like doing, being able to make one of the stained glass pictures from kingdom hearts in real life. That'd be so cool. So my problem is that I love, I, I get into a million different things, but I never get great at any of them. Like, in the past year, I started to get into Gundam building, like Gunpla, and then I went so hard on it that I got sick of it, and now I have like a um, few different models that I haven't even built yet. Um, so I
0: gotcha. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I'm very particular. So, like when I got into the D B S card game, like I'm still collecting and playing, right? Two and a half years later, because right. I like. I I make fun of my friends, Vinny and Tyler. Like they have, I call it the all in mentality. And if you're an all in mentality, let us know on the Discord on Patreon, or P- Patreon Discord, sorry, because they always go all in 120 percent first month, let's say, and then dead after that.
1: Yeah, dropped. I'm definitely more along those lines. So there are things that I've I've stuck to, mm-hmm. but I think it's hard too for me because a lot of the things that I get interested in and want to do, my friends don't care about like right now with skateboarding, I started skateboarding again this summer and it's cool because my wife and I are doing it together. Like she has a longboard and I have like a cruiser board and a a normal skateboard. So we've been having a lot of fun together doing that, but none of my friends have any interest in doing that. So it's, it's difficult because it's like there's I want to learn and get better at skateboarding but I don't have anyone to show me or guide me. And that's same with um, building Gundams is that I the only guide I had was watching YouTube videos. I have no you know no one to show me so and that seems to be the case with a lot, a lot of the things that I get into so um, I would I would take a friend that would give me a month and get burnt out than mm-hmm. not having anybody but makes sense. Both of them are not ideal.
0: Paco Luigi, writes Saying Caballeros. If you had to write an origin story for your life, what would it look like? PS, what other food wars are you passionate about? Looking at you, Dustin Concarino Paco.
1: Mm. Food wars that I'm passionate about. That's a hard thing to ask me. Cause I'm a very, I'm definitely a picky eater. Like I've, I've learned to adapt because it's hard, you know, when you're a picky eater at 26, people think people just hate you basically for it. Understandable. So I've learned to hide it. And and you know, I'm, like I said last week, I'm very polite. I ate the meatloaf that was served to me. Right. Went for a course. dinner party. As far as food that I really passionately hate, I hate ketchup. But I've already we've brought that up. Like ketchup, something that I just like
0: Let's see here. Like how about uh, okay, food war topic? I'm trying not to do the typical like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, right. When you okay, let's say you're making Ooh. a PB and J. Do you like PB and J? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's say you're making a PB and J. You're you're at the table. You're you're slathering it up. Do you put your peanut butter on the top or the bottom? And I don't. The, I've never thought about dog? it. You never think about it. So
1: you're no. just you just go either See, way every time. That's psychotic. For me, it's like oh only grape jelly. For okay. me personally. And also not a fan of chunky peanut butter. Like peanut butter to me is smooth. I want a smooth experience. I'm yeah, sure I'm chunky has its place in certain recipes, but in a in a PB and J, I want smooth. it gotta
0: be smooth. Yeah, it's gotta now, be
1: smooth. Maddie, I I thought of the ultimate food war topic. All right, let's hear it. I hate fish, and I don't understand all seafood. Pretty much all okay. I will eat some sushi, which is ironic because it's like the most fishy <laughs> yeah. of fish eating. Yeah, I just don't understand. I I don't know. I my family never like my both of my parents don't don't like fish or seafood. Um. And it's a genetic issue, I see particularly, I want to say, we need to stop eating squids and octopus. Stop it. these creatures they're smart, and they're they're gonna rise up one day and take <laughs> us out. You've seen these fuckers like this is, it's it's funny because have I've thought this for a while, Colin was mentioning a video of an octopus like walking on the beach. These fuckers are smart; they will escape out of things like. They've got like, you know, beaks on the inside. They're, we got to stop eating them, period. Yeah, I'm about that. I can
0: get behind that. Um, but you're not going to like, I, you come over to my house,
1: Dustin, here's some salmon on a plate. Mm. Are you displeased? I'm displeased, but I'd eat it. I've eaten salmon before. That's the thing about fish. It's not like, for the most part, like horribly offensive to my taste. But I just don't understand the people that are like, "Man, I love seafood." Also, oh dude, some this this does disgust me is okay. that I was in Annapolis, Maryland on a trip, and they were we the people that were there took us to a crab restaurant where they like you like they put the paper out on the on the table and they give you a little hammer and they put a whole crab in front of you, eyeballs and all looking at you, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "There is no fucking way that i'm gonna smack this thing like i'm a bar you know barbarian smacking this thing and then eating it i'm just not gonna do that
0: yeah there are some restaurants that expect you off the bat to be a a primal savage with your food like they like they think you like when your food's moving I, that's the one thing mm-hmm. i don't like and you do sometimes see that in like seafood like your your food's like wiggling a little bit you're like that's fucking gross like right. i don't need to know the the dying process is ongoing as you enter my intestines. Right. That's unsettling.
1: I have no problem with with food for the most part that looks like like chicken wings. That's like literally it looks like the wing of the chicken. That doesn't bother me. But that the crab that they put in front of me still had its eyeballs attached and was looking at me. I was like I just can't do this. And also by the way, eating crabs is just a delivery system for eating butter. I'm convinced. Yeah, crab people... doesn't really
0: taste like anything. I've ate crab. It doesn't really taste like anything until you put it in the butter.
1: I I've really just dug my heels into uh, you know, being being the heel on food on this podcast. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but I, I at least this time I'm kind of on your side. I love fish. I love sea, sushi, like shrimp and all that mm. stuff. Like, I probably like seafood a lot more than you, but I am in agreement so far in what you've said. I can't I can't rebel against. I I'd be a liar if I did that.
1: We got to talk positive though real quick Manny is that in your in the video I I did the editing for you the uh the smash video mm. is you said that pizza is number 1 and yes. I'm going to have to go with you on that pizza is like just like the 100%. best 100%. I could eat pizza practically every day. I mean yeah. I don't probably if if we if someone put a gun to my head and forced me to eat pizza every day I probably eventually would had, hate it. Honestly, I'd try it, though. I mean, if I wasn't going to become obese, then why not? Yeah, I. Uh,
0: it's funny. Like, pizza makes me very oily. Like, when I was away on vacation, we had pizza pretty much every night. I didn't really put it together, but, like, we ordered pizza at a restaurant, and then we brought some home, so I had some leftovers. So, like, I ended up having the leftovers, and I had pizza at, like, a restaurant the next day, and then we had leftovers from that, so I had it, like, Sunday. And so, like... I had pizza every day and like I would just have this buildup of like oil on my nose and I'm like, oh, I'm fucking gross. Yeah. That's the only issue I have with pizza is that and the after smell on my fingers. I don't know. I I need to talk about this, but my God, I hate that. And I I hate it so much. I found out how to get rid of it. Dustin, use uh, dishwashing soap.
1: I was about to say that, dude. Yeah. That's what you You got to do. I have a thing about hot dog juice on my hands. Like if you're ever getting a raw hot dog out to get ready to grill – I can't stand the smell of hot dog juice on my hands. I just it's think like, that it
0: seeps into your your fingers and like it's yeah. just st-
1: stuck. Like it doesn't go anywhere, man. Now, Maddie, to we, to cap this off the the pizza talk, and I, we we should probably move on. If you're ordering pizza, who's who who are you calling? Who am I calling? Who are you calling for to to order pizza from?
0: A local place. What do you mean? I'm confused. See,
1: you- okay. I personally want to order. Like when when my wife and I go out, we always pretty much exclusively if we're not getting something quick, we're going somewhere local for all food. Problem is, here in Western PA, local pizza options not very good. So oh. I I there's very few local pizzas that there's one place that we go to, but it there the pizza we really like is like a Sicilian like really thick which you, you know, don't want to have for that. right. So so you're so you're pretty much you're you are blessed with good local pizza
0: yes but i know the pain of like having bad pizza around you because whenever i travel i will want pizza for some reason and honestly this past weekend where i went away like that was a time where i was like wow there's actually like good food all over the place uh i was still in new york so i guess that helps right but um i've still i've had bad new york pizza um yeah, like, when I went to Boston one time, oh, my God, it was Paxi's 2014. I've never had a worse series of food in my life. Like, we had Chinese food one night. I have pictures of it that I, I'm i going to see if I can put in our Discord chat, but it was heinous what I consumed. Um, it just absolutely fucking disgusting, like, slobs of goo. Like, I, I ordered... Uh, What is it? Like a patty where you get like that gravy on the patty? I forgot exactly what it's called. Let's here it is. Okay, Dustin. Are you prepared to see what I tried to eat? Oh my god, I'm ready. Fucking gross, dude. It's actually gross. Here, I'm gonna put it in our I'm just gonna unsolicitedly drop this into our sexy (laughs) chat section on our Discord and just see what the audience says. I'm I'm ready, I'm watching. Okay, it's in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's in the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually fucking gross, dude. It was so, yeah, like that's the thing. I can't wait for people uh, to see that. I zoomed <laughs> in. Okay, so the one on the left, the general shows On the, I'm assuming that general sews. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah. look great, but it's not awful. Whatever is going on with this one in in the foreground here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is that? That's just that is what I ordered no that is what i no ordered, no no I, that's
0: i uh, ugh, it was terrible it was terrible i cannot wait to see what people say like when i open that chat up later <laughs> <laughs> but dude yeah that <laughs> that was one of the worst meals i've ever had and then i had pizza after and like even like i ordered it was so bad i ordered a second set of food and even the pizza wasn't good but you were like thank god this isn't like that what i right. just threw away my friend connor who he, he pridefully says like he'll eat anything you know he's your guy like he's your dumpster like give him your leftovers if you're not liking your meal he will take it over he's that guy and uh, he even even he could not stomach what whatever mess it was that i just dropped in the chat
2: <laughs> yeah
0: Oh man see this is why ladies and gentlemen you want to listen to the end the, the picture oh, yeah. question section far and beyond our best section of the show like (laughs) if we didn't if we weren't a predominantly gaming news show like i would put this in the front hands down because it's so much better but at the same
1: time it's a good way to round it out so dude and here's the thing is that you so that happened at pax you're already eaten like shit at pax no matter what anytime if if you're in this biz or or whatever like especially e3 because e3 is a week long I just oh, nice. like you come home from E3 and you're like my body on so many levels wants to die. Like yeah. my <laughs> there's so much so garbage tired. food, I was around a million people, I did not sleep, I had alcohol probably every night. And even if like not that you're getting well, I'm sure some people get wasted every night at E3, but even just like you're at parties, you want to you have a couple drinks so you can talk and not be, you know, feel weird or whatever, but mm-hmm. Man, dude, a lot of Pop Tarts at uh, PAX too for me. I'm a Pop Tarts fiend at PAX because I don't eat them at home. a
0: Doritos chips guy at PAX is where I do my most consuming. In the morning, I just, I just grab like a bagel
1: from Starbucks or something like that. Right, dude. The thing about PAX too is that I, there's never like I'm always hungry at PAX because it's like you don't you're so busy. You don't want to, like, especially if you're doing, like, appointments and stuff, like, mm-hmm. it's like you're lucky if you can break away and get a pretzel or something that you spend, like, $8 yeah. on that just is absolutely terrible. But yeah, it's, it's hard to fun.
0: believe that we were both at PAX and, like, didn't have masks and all that so, stuff with all those people.
1: <laughs> you were at how many were you at the last few E3s? I
0: went to I I pretty much was on an every other year schedule. I was gonna go this year because um, I went in twenty sixteen eighteen and I was gonna go this year. Were um, you were you
1: at the Bethesda land with the uh, uh the not the merry go round? Yeah, they had a carrot. Yeah.
0: No, I didn't go to that. That <sighs> I I just I had an inkling. Like I always go to E three when I'm hyped and like I had an inkling. I was like Bethesda's show is definitely gonna suck and I'm not really like feeling good about the rest of it. I'm glad I didn't go. <laughs> Dude,
1: I will tell you, though, that event was fucking awesome. I mean, there. it was a little weird. I always feel like there's a there's a catch 22 because I'm like, they're definitely trying to butter up press at these events for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's also awesome. Like there was so much like good. There was so much, so much food, so many cool drinks. They had a carousel. They were, had like enamel pins of all of their like different IPs at all the different stations like it was like it was like a mini amusement park it was really cool but yeah um, they
0: put together good events the thing is is that people always say like when you go to those events you become inherently biased i'm like you can easily separate i had a cool drink at a at a like event versus this game is good or bad like i don't know how the two ever come together i'm all about like oh yeah you've got maybe some inherent bias or unknown bias that just plays a factor and you can't really control it but but like with stuff like that i've never understood like even like i I may sound like really ridiculous here but like even like they paid for your flight you must like this game more than you're saying it's like no no offense but like with those events like it's kind of expected that they're gonna put you in a hotel and get you out there if they want you to play the game right it's their preview we I have should... 1% battery left. I'm going to try to get through this last question here. Because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you may or may not know, I read everything off my phone here because um, I can't get rid of Dustin's pretty little face, my pretty little face here on the show. Uh, otherwise, you'd have nothing on your video feed for those watching on YouTube. Uh, number one comes from Grade Eight Fifty One. This is our last question. With the next Bioshock game likely taking place in a new environment, likely in space... Which of the following structures would you choose? A, O'Neill Cylinder. Basically, a giant metal cylinder for spin gravity. Diameter of 5 miles and length of 32 miles. B, a ring world like the one Larry Niven's book, Ring World. Think a halo ring, but stupidly larger. Width of 1 million miles wide and 584.3 miles circumference slash length around a star. Okay, we're pretty much halo. C, a disc world. Maybe more of bull shape around the edges, like that in Terry Pratchett's series of novels of the same name, Discworld. I think this would be the most fantastical of the three options, and could allow them to lean into having the uh, having fun with the flat earthers meme subculture, have ships fall off the edge of the world, or something like that. Paragraph break. I thought of Cloud Cities over Venus briefly, which might be possible someday, but dismissed it as it's too close to Columbia in Infinite. And he does have examples of what he's talking about here. And see, the thing is, is the new Bioshock game is going to be a live service game. So I feel like you're just going to have a very big world that they need to add more to. So I'm going to go with option B, a
1: ring world. Mm. I'll go with C, the disc world. I feel like the ring world might be, they might get accused of being too close to like Halo. Okay. But I don't know. I'm not convinced they're doing in space personally i feel like it's too obvious mm, that's fair but I who knows plug my phone in in the meantime you know with uh it's one of those things where it is obvious but maybe that's what makes sense it was that occam's razor i don't know what i'm talking about anymore but <laughs> you can still hear yeah me oh okay room. you can still hear me good i was like am i talking to myself i'm just trying to fill so the audience doesn't have to you know Maddie, one thing I appreciate about you is that we both, I think, are in gym shorts most days. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Well, the few times that I've seen you stand up anytime we've been on a video call, you've been in gym shorts. And I was like, that's my guy.
0: Yeah, man. We still have no idea what Carrick's wearing, though. That's the issue.
1: No idea, dude.
0: Right? like Potentially nothing. That's the thing. Carrick literally could be Bottom half nude, for all we know. He wears a mm-hmm. nice button-up some days with a like a beanie. Like He's got this whole top-half get-up that I'm a big fan of, but no semblance of, of what's happening
1: below the belly. Has Carrick ever been photographed without the beanie? I don't think so, either. The beanie, that's what I was curious about. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen him without the beanie, which maybe that's just his brand, but... I, I think respect he it. Said
0: because I know he said he had. I don't want to speak for him, but like I think because he he had cancer twice. Oh, I think he used to wear it, and then uh, he just got used to wearing it and likes wearing it kind of. Now. Yeah. So that's cool. Whatever it was, yeah, it worked out. Um, yeah, but I'm more. I feel like Carrick's a jeans guy. Like I feel like he's always in jeans. Mm-hmm. I can't see him getting up and like he walks away, and I see like an Adidas track pants logo or something like that like carrick absolutely grinds it out in jeans 100 mm. percent. yeah there was, there was actually one photo he posted it was like him and his friends and i think they were all like with their airsoft guns and i'm pretty sure carrick was in the back somewhere and because of the way the photo was positioned <laughs> you still couldn't see his fucking legs I was maybe
1: like, i mean maybe he doesn't even have legs that's another yeah. layer that we haven't even considered
0: The way he pops up from his chair and exits the screen would suggest he is a, um, you know, he has two legs. Okay. Uh, There's probably a scientific term that I was searching for there, but he definitely, yeah, he's definitely legful.
1: It's funny because you've been on the show with with Carrick for a while now, and I feel like you and I almost know the same amount about him. He's a very mysterious (laughs) figure. (laughs) He kind of (laughs) is. I like that about him, though. Though. Yeah. I do what I do. What I respect about him the most <laughs> is the fact that he drinks pop or soda, however, part of the country you're from, directly from a two liter bottle. And that's a power oh, move. Yeah. That is it a really fucking is. power move.
0: <laughs> it really is, dude. I see, I got used to that because what happens is he's always drinking like a Mountain Dew. So mm-hmm. I'll see him pick it up. And, and when he does this, the bottle's not there. Oh, God, oh, yeah. He's drinking Mountain yeah. Dew because he's got a green screen on. So he's always yeah. freaking out of nothing on my end. And, and so, yeah, he he's always taking that two liter bottle to the face and
1: it's a champ for it. It's a, a champ a, for it. Nothing but respect for that. Like I said, power move.
0: All right, Dustin. It looks like we're done for our weekend here. Now we, we ship this product out to our listeners. Uh, or, or by the time you're listening to this, it is it is shipped. And uh, we hope you enjoyed said shipped products, episode 265 of the Ham Radio Podcast. As always, we like to, you know, send out a little hashtag so you guys can let us know how deep into the show you got. In this case, the absolute end of the show. So we're going to use uh, hashtag. Hmm, could be another food related thing. People were very passionate about the food. Mm. I feel like we didn't have a strong food debate this time right like we get greed a lot on fish um
1: we could talk about carrick and, i was gonna uh, say you could do hashtag power move for uh carrick's yeah. uh two li- to the two liter yeah. but bo- we're gonna have to talk to him about that just be like <laughs> hell yeah dude yeah we'll i just feel that. like if if i had a two liter bottle right now and i was like like first of all i mean I carrick seems like a nice you know strong man he's you know he does like taekwondo or whatever he does martial arts mm-hmm. So, he can pull off. If I had it with me and my little baby hands, I just don't know. It would yeah, be strange.
0: The he, it's the width of his forearms that I really think plays into it most. Because when he lifts it up, it's like the perfect size for his hand. Like, you know, I think I look best holding this kind of bottle. Right. If you saw me with something like...
1: You look great with that bottle, Maddie. Trust thank me. You.
0: Like, If I'm holding both of these and drinking, for, like, it's a whole... <laughs> It looks wrong. Yeah. It looks wrong. Oh, like yeah. Carrick, Carrick's just got the right hand size, forearm size is a big factor here where I, I think, you know, he you're on the money. He he fits the two-liter bottle best. It's the only way a man like him could drink it. For sure. Yeah. I'd love to see his, his diet. You know, like that's another thing I'm really curious about with Carrick. We should just do hashtag Carrick's curiosities because that's – oh. <laughs> yeah (laughs) just digging into because he's he's shared a little bit about his diet like uh he said he drinks a lot of energy drinks yes i worry for him about that
1: yeah i mean so do i but he said that he's because was that on the show was that before the show or during the show that he mentioned like that he has energy drinks like every day i can't remember he's
0: definitely said it to me before yeah he has a, a wild amount of energy drinks in the scheme of things yeah uh he uh yeah. Between that soda. Yeah. He actually, um, I remember he told me for Thanksgiving he had, and I'm not judging him, but I just thought it was like a very Carrick move over the years I've spoken to him. Like they, him and his wife took like mashed potatoes, like threw them in a microwave and they like warmed up at dinner just for like Thanksgiving. Like not that everyone has to do like this extravagant meal, but I just thought it was like really interesting. Like a little peek into Into how he eats, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you know, like we talk to Carrick a lot, and I consider Carrick a very good friend. Like he's helped me out a bunch of times, but I really don't know the the nooks and crannies of what makes Carrick the beast he is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what builds him as a man. I I see what you guys see for the most part, and then we have our behind closed doors chatter about games. But when it comes to Carrick, like we're gonna have to next week. We might have to start off our intro, not even talking about what we're playing, but what is Carrick up to. Maybe you
1: you could do an exclude a uh, slice of ham episode the man the myth the legend of uh (laughs) i was
0: thinking i was thinking actually you and i should just do one discussing food oh see that's the thing
1: maddie is that you you opened up extra slice of ham to me yet you've not asked me to be (laughs) on the show (laughs) yet and i'm starting to wondering if it's a personal thing i'm just (laughs) like what's going on here did i say something
0: what happens is it'll be like the night before, right? It'll be like Oh yeah. I, you'll probably see because I tag everyone in Discord. I'm like, hey, put in your questions. And like by that point, I think to myself every time it's too late to ask Dustin. Like I have a 12 mm-hmm. hour window now where he may or may not be doing something. And if he isn't doing something, I feel wrong just being like, do you want to come do this show? Right. Right now, like I just it's like podcasts are always a dedication, right? There's an effort. That's put in a time sink. Here we are closing in almost again on three hours. Damn. Uh, we've yeah, done right? it Two again. 45 minutes. Yeah. We just can't fucking help ourselves. Imagine if Carrick's here, right? Like this, it gets dangerous. We for starve. Sure. We starve for this show. That's right. So I, th- I think a food discussion in this coming week's uh, extra slice of ham would just be fitting. I really think it would be. I'm down for it. All right. Let's actually set that in motion then. We'll, we'll do that this, this coming week. We'll pick a free day weekend maybe sounds good some, and we'll and we'll do this we'll get this done the food wars will commence but as always dustin you're my second brain so if i somehow don't reach out you will not be bugging me if you follow up okay sounds good all right ladies and gentlemen that'll do it for episode 265 of the ham radio podcast we hope you enjoyed every single second of it and absolutely adored it you have no complaints whatsoever and uh with that let us know with character curiosities in the comments if you got to the end and now we leave you until next week's supplemental podcast as well as a hammer Radio podcast. All right, peace out.